Welcome, everyone, to episode 116 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Uh, I am Bill. I am here with Chris. And Kelsey had a surprise visit from his sister, so we gave him the night off. Uh, it's always great to have family visiting. Right? Yeah, I, I, I like it that he says his sister. We all know the real story, buddy boy. You don't have to try to make excuses, okay? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. it's your sister that just decided to drop yeah, in. It's, I've, <laughs> I've never been more sure that someone was <laughs> out with someone else. But, but no, it's, no it's, seriously, it's awesome. have a good night, man. We're, we're glad you're getting to catch up with family. Yeah, well, I can finally return the favor because you guys have been very awesome uh, scheduling around some of my events uh, in the in the past. This is actually a rescheduled uh, <laughs> recording night tonight. We're doing a week early because I got something coming up. So, uh, but it is a little bit um, not sad, but it's just a, something that I was going to mention to uh, to Kelsey is that I'm sure he'd be very happy about uh, on my uh, guitar lesson this morning. Uh, we are my guitar teacher is. Uh, uh, having me do a solo from an Ozzy Osbourne song to work on my pentatonic, uh, uh, you know, uh, lick vocabulary, if you will. So I thought he would be happy to hear that. Um, I assume it's later Ozzy because Zach Wilde is in the band. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know where okay. he enters in the discography, but I know he's a younger guy. So, um, yeah, so the song's uh, No More Tears. I was and just it's thinking funny, that but, in my head while you were yep. saying that. I'm like, Zach Wilde, No yep. More Tears. Yep. So, uh, and I, and again, we've talked about it. Ozzy is a bit of a blind spot for me, even though I like a lot of heavier music. So when he mentioned, I told him kind of what I was trying to get, you know, work on lately and get better at. He, we had worked on a few things already. So he kind of knows where my skill is. And he was like, are you familiar with, you know, the Ozzy Osbourne song, uh, No More Tears? And I said, not by name, like maybe if I heard it. And he said, yeah, it's a pretty big song. Like you've, you've probably heard it. So then when I, when I kind of played the first few, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard this, but like, I couldn't, you know, hum it for you type deal, but I know I've heard this. So, um, without listening to the solo, we were looking at the music for it and I was like, okay. Okay. And then it goes to, you know, it double paces. So I'm like, okay, like this isn't too bad, but we're playing it, you know, at practice tempo and he's like i don't want you to play it as fast as he's playing it because you know no offense you're not going to be able to this is just to know to know the bones underneath what he's doing and understand okay here's a lick in pentatonic first position then he goes to second then he goes to third it's just to get you comfortable on those two strings in pentatonic one two three so after i did some practicing i was like let me just listen to the solo and it wasn't even the whole solo it's just that that very end part right where it's just like <laughs> and i was like you have got to be kidding me he's playing all those notes <laughs> so i wanted to, to give yes and i've seen zach live uh at least once that i remember maybe other times but uh, i saw Ozfest, and he didn't play with ozzy he was on Ozfest with uh what's his other band black label society i think was zach wilde um, or like whatever, like the Zach Wild, you know, band was at the time. Like that's that's where I saw him at one of the Ozfests. So just wanted to shout out to uh, uh, you know Ozzy and the gang and Kelsey. I'm sure I'm sure he's uh, hopefully he's happy about that. I don't know if that's like uh, one of these like uh, you know gate kept eras of uh, of Ozzy. Like oh no no it's not if it's, it's a not good Tony, song it's you know, it's a good song yeah it's a good song. Um, it, it's funny uh, some of the Ozzy that I listened to. And I guess it would be considered Ozzy and not Black Sabbath, right? Is is the later years 
Um, I think the band, yeah, it's, it was like Ozzy album. It was called Osmosis. Osmosis, right? This might have even been nineties. Um, yeah, I'd there's have to look gr- up the year, but I don't know. If there's it. this great song on that Osmosis album. I don't know if it's popular or not, but it's it's something. It's called like I Just Want You, and it's just this really cool like ballad like song. And I just thought it was so cool. But like, yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with like the entire you know all the eras of the band and Ozzy and stuff. So maybe that'll be something to get into. I just got Bark at the Moon playing in my head now. Yeah, that's such an awesome <laughs> song. I love that song. Yeah, good stuff. So yeah, so uh, so Kelsey, we hope you're having a good night. Um, uh, I did want to uh, give our uh, patrons a quick shout out. Uh, thank you guys, as always, guys and girls. And uh, if you'd like to uh, join in and support the show, join up in the Discord. It's patreon.com slash collectorcast. And not to give too much away, we are toying with the idea of getting uh, some of our patrons more involved in some upcoming episodes, possibly. We will hold off on saying any more until those plans are more solidified. But uh, stay tuned, and uh, hopefully we can have some interesting things to talk about uh, in the upcoming uh, uh, days and weeks. Um, also wanted to give a shout out to our good buddy, Sean, Grey Ghost 81 of the Press Playcast, who a lot of you are probably familiar with, uh, which you may or may not know is uh, he has been working on some music for a while. Uh, I follow him on TikTok. He does a lot of uh, you know gaming and book stuff there, but also uh, some music as well. And he has... Uh, how did he put it? He shadow dropped his uh, EP um, on Bandcamp. He, uh, he shared the info with a few of us on Slack and some other platforms. So he, uh, he Saturn released it. I think is the right. Term. Yes, <laughs> he, he Bernie Stolard his EP. <laughs> so uh, wanted to give him a shout out, and uh, if you want to go check his music out, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, uh, it's called the the uh, the well, he goes by Wing Diver. So if you can go to wingdiver.bandcamp.com. Uh, that should take you right to the uh, the Wing Diver release, and we wish him a lot of luck. Uh, he's been an inspiration for me uh, as far as getting more comfortable with you know playing uh, music and sharing it on the internet. So I'm hoping to take a page from his book and maybe write some original things at some point, which he's uh, encouraged in the past. So uh, very proud of you, bud. Uh, it's a it's a big big deal to to you know put something out like this and be able to share it uh, the way you have. So. Big, big uh, congratulations on that. Definitely. And just wanted to also uh, thank them uh, for uh, their most recent episode, the Press Playcast, where they played Bioshock Infinite. After hearing the Collector Cast episode, they could not keep themselves away for longer than about 10 years or however long it was that we did that episode. But I'm very, very glad. Uh, and, and Sean had played the game before. It was, uh, it was Rich who had not played it until uh, uh, this episode. But... I was glad to hear their thoughts. I'm going to be sharing uh, my thoughts with them uh, on the Slack. And, uh, yeah, really, really just a great episode. So I wanted to give them a shout-out there. And, uh, yeah, I've got something. So one of the things they mentioned in their latest episode was uh, Letterboxd. So when we get to the movie section, I will share my Letterboxd uh, username there if anyone wants to, to join in the movie-sharing fun because I've had a lot of fun with that platform lately. Um, so yeah, unless there's any like other kind of housekeeping items, uh, we good to just get into it, Chris. Let's do it. Awesome. So, um, I'll go ahead and start off with a, uh, correction, uh, from last week, uh, or sorry, from last episode. And uh, it's a good thing Chris is here because I'm, I'm correcting Chris. Oh, uh, I'll so, own so, it. so Chris, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I'll be honest, you had a 50, 50 shot because, <laughs> 
you said that the reason I was missing the last episode was because you thought I was at a concert and you had a 50 50 because if I miss a show, it's either for a concert or for a tattoo appointment. So uh, you went the other way. You went you went concert. You went concert. It was a tattoo appointment. Uh, started my uh, Blade Runner uh, tattoo, um, which I planned on being a larger piece and found an, uh, well, sorry, I didn't found the artist. The artist I've been following for a long time that I've had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, artist that I've been following for a long time that I've kind of had my eye on for this project became available. I got an appointment, so we started the Blade Runner leg. Um, I don't have the next appointment uh, scheduled yet, but I'm thrilled with the design that he came up with based on the references that I gave. So, uh, I'll be looking forward to sharing pictures of that. It does look like what it is, but not all the colors have been done yet. So if that makes sense, like, cause he starts off with kind of like a gray, not black, but like a grayscale kind of image with a lot of negative space. And then he kind of does like, you know, like the dark blues, the reds and the lighter blues. So you can definitely tell what it is, but when you look at it, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. But like, it kind of, it, it looks like one step up from monochrome because it doesn't have all the color yet. So I'm going to hold off until there's, you know, until it's more finished before I share photos of it. But, it's, uh, yep, that's, well, it's funny that you, you're mentioning, but cause my, my good, well, you know, you know, John, you've met John. Um, oh, yeah. but he got married, um, two years ago now during the mm-hmm. pandemic, uh, is when they got married. So they've had to put off their, uh, honeymoon. And so they're just yeah. now on their honeymoon. Uh, and they, um, Jay, John's husband is, is Korean. So they're going to Korea mm. and they're going to Japan. So he sends me a text, you know, he's busy sending texts and pictures and everything. And he sends this night snapshot of like soul from like their hotel room. And he's like, I'm in Blade Runner. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's so cool. It's, uh, uh, um, when I visited Rich, um, in North Carolina last year, there's this, um, I think it's a movie theater that he took me to um, in in or around Greensboro. And he said, uh, it's just one of these random, you know, things that has happened over the last few years is that the, the city's become very accepting of graffiti. Um, and and yeah, art, I remember you, you know, not just, you know, that, people yeah. signing their names on it. But yeah, he took me to this movie theater. It was on the, on the you know, on the way from picking me up to where we were going. And man, like the entire, you know, one side of the building was all just like, it wasn't specifically Blade Runner. It was just like a cyberpunk side of a building, but it's like still my Instagram, uh, 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 like profile pic, like my dumb face with like that, <laughs> like a uh, cyberpunk city behind me. It was so cool. And the whole rest of that building was great. But yeah, the, uh, and that's one of the things that I mentioned, uh, to the, um, uh, to Andy who did the start of the Blade Runner tattoo is I was like, Hey, I know my references don't specifically have like cyberpunk cities in them, but like if we got to fill any space, you know, like in between any, like that's, you know, go, go nuts, go crazy. Are you going to get a giant, like uh neon Atari symbol somewhere in there? Or? Believe it or not, we definitely talked about <laughs> it because in one of my references from Blade Runner 2049, you can see just like a, a little bit of like the neon Coca-Cola which was in the first movie and uh, 2049. And one, and then when he was, was kind of getting, you know, uh, whenever you get a tattoo, they throw the stencil on you. If there's any other tattooer in the shop, they'll always bring another pair of eyes in just to make sure, like, placement good, you know, like size, up or down. And they actually did go back and forth a little bit. And the other tattooer was like, I think it could go a little bit bigger. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, it's on the curve of the leg and there's eyes on it, so I don't want the eyes to, you know, like, be apart from each other and stuff. 
And they were like, no, like, I really think it's going to work bigger. So they cleaned it off, did it bigger. And they were both like, yep, you were right. So like, I'm, I'm glad they do that. So in that process, they were, uh, you know, they're, oh, and you can see like, like a little bit of the Coca-Cola signs there. It's kind of cool. And I said, yeah, like, and in the first movie, the Atari symbol is like enormous on this fly through. And they were like, oh, oh, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll get, you know, like <laughs> somewhere, cool. somewhere in here, we'll get Atari in here. So yeah, I know that'll, that'll make Rich happy. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, uh, uh, and normally I don't comment on rumors, but there is a rumor of Denny Villeneuve, uh, directing a, or sorry, maybe not directing, maybe producing a blade, a sequel to 2049 in the form of a television show. Um, and we're starting to get casting rumors. Um, so I, I believe the working title is Blade Runner 2099. Um, don't know network or where it's going to be, but, uh. Um, let me just do a super fast search. Of, I think that there, property, Black Lotus. Yeah, I think that property would do pretty well from a series to get deeper in because you know, even if you do two to three hours, I mean, there's only so much you can cram in, you know. Right, and, and you're and you're you're mainly you're doing like, you know, one really you know, uh, dense story. Um, whereas with TV, you could have like, you know, something like and even even if it's anthology, like a Black Mirror type thing where there's like a cyberpunk, you know, contained story like in that universe. Like, oh, be awesome. Like, I, I don't you know, if, whatever they decide to do. Like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy with it. So. um, So, yeah. So hopefully that ends up happening. But uh, so, yep. So that is the reason for the reschedule last time. The reason why we're recording tonight instead of next week is because I just bought a ticket. Like actually right before I asked you guys, I was like, hey, can we <laughs> can we can we maybe switch? And once you guys said yes and I got the approval. I think it's funny if you would ask us, I think most people would just go like, I bought a ticket. We need to reschedule. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean I've I've canceled or rescheduled a few times, so I don't want to use up all my all my personal time <laughs> this early in the year. You only got so. you only got two PTOs left, man. <laughs> exactly. So I bought tickets to see one of my favorite. Um, I mean, you'd, you'd probably call them a smaller band. They're they're a video game, uh, you know, uh, uh, cover band. Um, but I love Bit Brigade. I've seen Bit Brigade at least two times. I, I say at least two because I got a bad memory, and I may have been at a thing that they were also at, but I, like wasn't focused. You know, like uh, when I was there. But I saw them. I think for the first time at Magfest. Definitely saw them at PAX East. I know I've seen them perform Ninja Gaiden because we talked about it with like, I was like, I've never seen like the story of Ninja Gaiden on the NES, like front to back before. Like it's wild with the plot twists and everything. And I've seen them do Metroid, uh, which, which is phenomenal. So for those unfamiliar, Bit Brigade is an awesome, like, like rock uh, cover band that does uh, NES uh, games, but they have uh, a member of their band. They, the way they introduce him, they say his instrument is the NES controller. <laughs> so he's up on stage, which is like one of the hardest the instruments to play. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like Zach Wilde can't beat, you know, Ninja Gaiden. So, um, so uh, there's like, you know, this, this is. I'm sorry, I forget his name. This is Corey or whatever his name is. Uh, he he plays the NES controller, so he's gonna play the game while we play the music and hopefully not die at all. And man, when like this dude's no joke, because like obviously like, you know, playing Ninja Gaiden without dying, um, among other, you know, like games and just the way you see him. I don't know the name of the weapons, but like the like the boomerangy type thing and the way he's just like rubber banding it, like, you know, like through entire levels. It's so impressive to see in person. So um, 
originally I didn't think I could go to this show because it's on the same night as a, uh, a Cub Scout event that uh, my kids uh, were going to be going to. And I talked to my wife and I was like, hey, if you would, you know, take the Cub Scout event for this, like I'll give you, you know, like a free pass, like, you know, for ladies, like whatever you want to do, like, you know, I'll, I'll take them for another night. So she agreed. So I'm going to see Bit Brigade uh, next Saturday in uh, not too far from my house. Thrilled that it's not a Ticketmaster show. So it's just like money straight to the band and like a few bucks to the venue. We won't get into that uh, fiasco, the latest one with The Cure. But um, yeah, they, we already know what they're going to play. They're playing Mega Man 2 and DuckTales. So I am thrilled to go see uh, Bit Brigade uh, next weekend. Uh, I can't remember if you've ever seen them in person, Chris. I don't believe I have. That sounds great. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Love to do it. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. And, and they, uh, uh, I've met them a couple times, uh, just kind of like at the merch table and stuff after shows. They're so cool. They, they typically have vinyl. Uh, which I never pulled the trigger on, but back then I kind of wasn't as into it. So I'll I'll almost certainly be grabbing something as long as they have, you know, something that I'm super into uh, at the show. Well, it was very uh, kind spe- of Sharon to give you the night off. Yes. Yeah. Sharon. Sharon's a great gal. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Metroid, man, I've, I've never have segues like this. It's almost like I wrote these things down. Uh, speaking of Metroid, last time we talked, uh, my my uh, gaming time was being taken up by Metroid Prime on Steam Deck, uh, thanks to uh, Travis uh, Zofar um, reminding me that it existed in the form of Prime Hacks. Um, I actually kind of put that on hold because the new expansion for Destiny came out. Uh, Destiny 2 Lightfall came out, um, which initially I wasn't able to play right away because my wife was traveling and I just was very, very busy with life stuff. So I, I kind of got through the campaign a little bit slower, a little bit later than a lot of people had. And most of the uh, uh, comments I was seeing online about it before I could play it were kind of middling in the middle, you know, not great. Like it's okay. Like hopefully it gets better because a lot of service games are like that. They're designed where they don't give you all of the stuff in the first couple of days. It's like, all right, here's the thing trust us get through it at this pace it's going to make sense once like more stuff starts unlocking we don't want to you know like bombard because what happens is then like two months later someone joins and it's like man there's nine million things to do that i have to do to catch up to everybody else so they they do like to kind of uh you know like dole it out like that but yeah i was seeing kind of all these like you know not the best comments about it so i played through the campaign i thought it was solid um i think what can happen is um, just like the name of the uh, of Primus's greatest hits album, Sailing they the can't seas all be cheese. zingers. Ooh, yeah, that's another good one. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, I was thinking they can't all be zingers, um, but uh, which is also cheese themed because it's like the Kraft singles is uh, on the front of that album. Glad we're on the same page uh, this episode. This is great. Uh, but yeah, it's like you know, they, all the expansions can be good, but there's always going to be like, oh man, you know, remember Forsaken? Oh, that was the best time. Or oh, remember, you know, like that. So even though it's really good and they're, you know, it's the, the campaign in Forsaken and the campaign in the Witch Queen were next level and it tied lore, it tied uh, loose ends uh, of lore that had been like open since like pre-Destiny 1, like stuff that went back a long way. And it also change something where you thought the entity that was really the the power behind you know the curtain is actually a different entity and it's been like working in tandem with that one which i know doesn't make sense to a lot of non-destiny people but it was a big 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 deal that the witness uh was introduced in the witch queen so basically in the lightfall campaign 
Uh, it's a new uh, location. It's uh, Neo Neo Muna, which is a city on Neptune, which we didn't realize was around because it's kind of been hidden by this um, new element that uh, we can use now called Strand. Like and like Death Stranding. No, uh, like Strand in that like so, and and this has been used in like other you know fictional you know like works over the years, but that you know like ev- everything like like. Uh, multiple dimensions, not so much multiple universes because Destiny doesn't get into multiverse, but like there are definitely multiple dimensions that you can like cross between. And it's kind of like everything is connected with these strings. So if you could tap into that, you could have like imagine like a Metroid, like a hook shot or like a grapple shot type of ability, but without the need for like you just can grab onto the strand and use it because like now you can tap into whatever force that is. So, um, they haven't super explained it, you know, all yet, but that's what they do. They give you a little bit and then they kind of run with it's it. It's the video game um, MacGuffin. doesn't have to make any exact, sense. Exactly. They give you like a little piece and then, you know, you move forward. Um, and then for and then what happens is the people who are in charge of lore, you know, they might get some direction at some point. Be like, hey, can we tie this in because we think it'd be really cool? And then they'll like put like a story on a piece of armor that people will figure out. Oh, that means that. Shurgis Chan fought this guy at the Battle of Hemingway. You know, like, I don't get super deep into the lore stuff, but it's really cool talking to the people who do because you'll just go on these missions that you've run 100 times and they're like, you know what that means, right? And it's really cool to have someone who can kind of put those pieces together. And it's why I love buying the lore, the collected lore books, because if you don't have the capacity or the will to piece it all together, you can just buy the book and now you can read, you know, like one entire subject's worth you know, in a hardcover book, which is very nice. Um, so yeah, the the campaign I think is fine. Um, nothing really unexpected happens. You kind, you know, you find about out about Strand, you find out about this location, you find out about the Cloud Striders, and you go through the campaign. The main enemy, the main villain, is one that we have dealt with before, um, and it seems like we have taken care of for good now. Uh, I mean, not that a lot of people who like destiny didn't already play it, but I won't spoil who it is. Uh, cause I don't roll that way. Um, but yeah. And then like every destiny Zool, campaign, don't when they, worry. It's yeah, exactly. Uh, Keymaster, like yeah, mm-hmm. Keymaster gatekeeper. You guys know what's happening. So, um, but like, like every destiny campaign, when the campaign's over, it's like, okay, end game opens up. So now instead of just, you know, like those eight or nine missions or whatever, it's like, all right, there's, you know, seven side quests, two exotic uh, missions to go after. There's a seasonal activity. Um, uh, there's powerful rewards. There's crucible. There really is a lot to dig into. So I tend to get through it a lot slower than, you know, like the quote unquote hardcore players because they just play a ton and I'll jump on and I'll see their power level. And they, so they have this new thing besides power level. They have a, a, a new tab called like like journey or like your journey. And basically it goes from one to 10. Just when I started the game, I was like at a six because I've done everything that like one through six, you know, like requires. And then once you beat the Lightfall campaign and do like some extra stuff, then you move on to level eight. So, I mean, I, I played quite a bit in like that, you know, two or three week period once I finally could. And I'm, I'm kind of in that level seven range. So like when you see like an eight or a nine, you just know, like, like knowing what the requirements are, you're like, man, like those are the eight to 10 hour a day guys. Wow. And I'm happy. I'm happy for them. I'm just not, you know, at that point in my life right now. Um, Unemployed but yeah, I mean, is what oh, you mean. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I know I'm rambling on about Destiny, but long story short, I'm still having a great time with it. The I have not seen a, a peep. Uh, I have not seen a screenshot of the new raid. Uh, new raid came out uh, the Friday that my wife went to uh, Florida with my oldest for a week. Um, I haven't seen anything. I know the World's First happened. I know that whoever won World's First was a relative underdog. Um, still a very, very, very good player. And they said, like, has a relatively small uh, Twitch viewership of, like, I don't know, eight or 9,000 people, Only. which in the world of Twitch is, is, is exactly. I think, you know, like, I have, like, 100, you know, followers on, like, any given social platform, right? So, but I guess in the world of Twitch where you have, you know, people with hundreds of thousands and millions, you know, like eight or 9,000, I guess is comparatively low. But most of the time, the people who win World's First on a raid are, you know, the guys that you know their name in the Destiny community. So this was a team that no one kind of saw coming, which uh, just kind of goes to show that, you know, any any given day, if he had a good team, because raids are all about communication. And uh, so figuring out the mechanics, communicating and performing. Because um, what they do for the first 24 hours, I think it's for the first 24 hours or maybe until World, World's First is is done. It might be the first full 24 hours. They put on this modifier in the raid called contest mode. Because usually, like, let's say, like, the power level for the encounter is, you know, 1,500. And you are, you know, 1,500. This isn't actually how the math works, but just for ease of explanation, we'll say that it is. Uh, at, at power level for the, uh, for the uh, um, uh, activity you give 100% damage and you receive 100% damage. So let's say if you were only like 1490, you might only do 85% damage and receive 110 or 115. So you want so your power isn't just attack going out. It's attack and defense and then it even goes the other way where if you're like 15 or 20 levels above power, you could do 110% uh, uh damage total potential damage and receive 90 or something like that. And then on top of that, there's like all sorts of like, you know, buffs and debuffs and like, you know, mechanics within the game that you can like use to, to your advantage. So for the first 24 hours for contest mode, regardless of power, it locks every team's firepower at like 20 power below the encounter. So it is as hard as the encounter is ever going to be for anyone. Because once contest mode is over, People do more damage and they take less damage. And it's been joked about in the past where they're like, man, contest is great. But like the the activity difficulty once contest is over for the real for the S tier guys, for the really good guys is a joke because it takes them like, you know, 17 hours to get through the raid the first time. And then as soon as contest is over, it's like 90 minutes, you know, like, or hour 20, you know, like as soon as they kind of figure it out. So, so they've asked in the past, like, hey, can we just be able to turn on contest mode and like maybe get like, you know, uh, a check mark or like, because they have counters on, um, on like kind of like these award emblems that you can uh, 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 equip. So it's like, oh man, that guy's cleared contest mode, you know, 17 times or whatever, something like that. But uh, I don't know if they've done that yet. They've made a lot of improvements in that. Uh, uh, like achievement system, I forget what they call it. It's, it's called triumphs, um, where like you'll see someone is a conqueror, and that means they did like all the seasons worth of like you know really hard nightfall or vanguard activities. But then people were like, okay, once I've done it, there's no like incentive for me to do it again. So then they came out with, okay, you can guild a title now. 
So now Conqueror will show up in, in gold letters once you've gilded it. And then if you do it again, con it's Gilded Conqueror 2, Gilded Conqueror 3, 4, 5. So it means something, you know, like that you keep doing it. So, but yeah, it's I'm super excited to get into the raid at some point, maybe in the next, you know, couple of weeks once I get my power levels up a bit. So, so looking forward to playing some more. I got a quick, qu couple quick questions about that. Yeah. Um, number one, has anybody ever... Has the developer ever been surprised? Like, well, we kind of thought it was going to go this way, but this team figured out this strategy we never thought about, and they totally broke this encounter or something. So they are—they have a pretty good track record of making things that are not easy to determine the industry, I'm sure, in other genres as well, is cheese. Uh, they're pretty good about making something cheese-proof, but sometimes the way that they have to do that, like the week before that uh, the raid will go live and they won't say it's why it is. But then after the raid comes out, we're like, oh, that's why they did this. So they'll be like, um, uh, due to an emerging issue, uh, XYZ weapons will be disabled and unable to be equipped. So it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. What's wrong with, you know, XYZ? And then once you see the encounter, you're like, dude. If we could have used tractor cannon to make him vulnerable to this, he, this fight would have been over, over. But then they have to feel, okay, we have to, you know, make a workaround. And then there's been a few times in their history, mostly a long time ago, where uh, it wasn't in the initial, like, 24 hours. It's more like in, like, the days after that when, like, way more people get access to it, where someone figures out the... Um, uh, the AI for uh, uh, Atheon or Atheon, depending on how who you want to listen to, um, you throw a grenade at them, and like most enemies, like they try to avoid that grenade. So someone figured out if you throw grenades in the right spot to avoid that grenade, Atheon will walk off the platform, fall, and die. <laughs> so for like a solid like four or five days, like people were just cheesing this end raid boss for like powerfuls and chances at Vex Mytho class, which is the exotic. And of course, they, they fix that stuff as quickly as they can. The only stuff that they drop what they're doing, disable the game and fix. So they won't uh, do that for like a, a, a gameplay issue. If there's something that deals with money making like their store oh, yeah. like people being able to cheese items that you normally would have to purchase get extra silver game comes offline <laughs> of and course I, and I, you know ob obviously that's you know a business decision but uh it's always met with like yeah we've been asking for you to fix this for 27 months right <laughs> this is broken you guys somehow find the time in your schedule to uh to do this Maybe but, you know I, I think all the companies are like that well i'd be but, yeah, curious it, there's because it just reminds me of the story, and you can look it up if you want to. I remember back in Final Fantasy XI, they did this. It's basically like a raid encounter. You know, it's an MMO. And mm -hmm. um, they had this boss called Ultimate Virtue um, that, like, they put out there, and they, like, you know, the developers don't give any information about how to beat it. And, mm -hmm. like, it went years, and <laughs> nobody could figure out how to be in it and like they found like there was a cheese strat they but the developer mm -hmm. said that wasn't the way you're supposed to do it they patched that cheese strat and then and they even like slowly tried to dribble out little hints and stuff and like mm. people couldn't figure it out that's pretty wild interesting i just wonder yeah, if there's so, anything so, like that where they would just like figure it out and if you can't figure it out too bad 
So, yeah, I, I can't think of anything where, I mean, so there definitely have been things that people have done that weren't the way that Bungie expected it to be solved, but, like, worked. But it was always like, oh, man, like, you know, like, never thought of trying that, but that's totally valid. It's never, like, completely bypassed or broken the, the encounter. There, uh, if the characters are strong enough, you can brute force certain things. Um, but that usually takes, like, an immense amount of skill or, like, a, such a high-level character that, like, you would have had to have done it, like, a bunch, like, the right way first. Uh, but the one of that comes to mind that someone brute-forced, there's an encounter, and I forget what the official name of it is, but we call it the Vault, and it's the penultimate encounter... Sorry, it's the pre-penultimate encounter of The Last Wish, what is my personal favorite raid in all of Destiny. So, um, it's, it's, it's a room... And there's there's a center to it, and there's three kind of offshoot rooms, and they each have names. It's been a long time since I played it. Like one is like rock, one is trees or forests, and one is like red or orange, just because of like what it looks like. And basically, every there's three platforms or plates. So once a night, once a certain enemy comes out, you have to kill it. It drops like this buff, and someone has to pick this thing up, and then it says on the screen like what you're carrying. And based on the configuration of, like, all three locks, so, like, you'll look up and there'll be three symbols. So one might be, and there's, like, 15 or 20 different symbols. So, like, you have to look up and be like, all right, bird diving, dragon spear left, um, you know, snake uh, in a figure eight. And the other two players would have to, uh, you have to find the common symbol between them all. So, uh you would so once you get really good at knowing that you would, okay this 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 and then the second player would say this 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 and the third player would say it's figure eight snake right so we know what so now we know what plate it is okay and then the buff that you had depending on which one you had you either had to do like one lock or another lock but it had to be on this like specific plate so it was a fairly complex um, communication driven exercise and the thing about this encounter it was instant death if you captured the wrong plate, killed the wrong thing. Like, there is many points at this encounter that would be an instant. Like, a lot of times, oh, we did the wrong one. Okay, resin. Everyone regroup. We can recover from this. This encounter was not one of those you could do that. This was an encounter that the best players in, in Destiny were stuck on for hours. Like, like hours, 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 hours. And I know you said, you know, there are some MMOs where it takes days and weeks. I think the longest it's ever taken uh, a Destiny raid to complete is, like, somewhere between, like, 17 and 23 hours. Um, and the shortest is, like, three or four hours. But they used to release very... They used to release raids. And then at, when they were still under Activision, so you can't really count it, um, Activision's like, oh, we need more. We need more, guys. You got to release more, more, quicker. So they would release these smaller, bite-sized things called raid layers, which was just, like, one or two encounters... And the idea was, okay, we can give them more raid content, but just in smaller doses more frequently. So those got cleared quickly, but I don't, you know, count them like full raids. Um, so anyway, like it, it was so like, I remember I went to bed. I was like, all right, it's like two in the morning. I'm not even like really a Twitch guy, but I was just curious. I went to bed. I woke up the next day and I go there and I'm watching one of my favorite fire teams and no one's doing anything. Just everyone's just sitting there like, <sighs> So they have been at this all night and are just like sitting there trying to figure it out. And then at one point, dad, I was like, listen, I, I, I want to test. I want I want to test. So he just everyone does what he says and he's writing things down and then he figures it out. 
And he's like, okay, like you go there, capture that. And then they're like, oh, like we didn't die. Okay, great. Like do it again. You capture that. He didn't die. And, and, and you couldn't like the same person couldn't do the same thing. And there was like, there was a lot of things going on, but he had like a spread. It was like, you know, the, you know, the serial killer charts everywhere. Right. right. And then when they cleared it, he like lost his mind. Like you can YouTube it. He's like, that is why I want to test. Like, it's like <laughs> one of these like meme lines uh, in the community. Um, but they weren't the first ones to clear it. The, the first team to clear it, like one in a million, not one in a million, but brute forced it. They just, cause you have to do the exact correct thing, uh, like three times in a row. And each thing has multiple pieces that have to be like, you have to have the right symbol, right plate, right person, right buff three times killing like the right, like enemy. So they were just like, let's just keep going. So like the first team that did it, just like they, they did just it random. and people were like, how, how'd you do it? And they were like, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we just threw everything at the wall and saw exactly, what sticks. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's part of the problem is, um, so Dado's team and his clan math class, they have this reputation of being very good players, but, and they fi- and they figure encounters out. But since they're on Twitch, that once the solution is out there, it's in the chat. Like it, it goes and like, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure there are teams that are like, Oh, you know, don't tell us we want to figure it out type deal. But like, it's not a coincidence that one team finishes it. And then, you know, a hundred other teams finish it. So you've started to see a lot more, um, after that happened, after kind of that happened, you would start to see teams, uh, mute their mics. They want to have them open because they, you know, for subscriptions, they want to make sure people can hear them. But it was like, okay, team mute. And then everybody would mute and they would have a conversation and then they would, you know, unmute. And then there were even times where they're like, okay, we think we got this, uh, like cut the feed and then, you know, like go to something else, which is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's money for them. Right. But they would cut their video feed and it was like, you know, data will be right back. And then when the encounter's over, they'd come back. But like, there was a lot of thought that like, we get through all these encounters, but we don't perform the best in the final one. So they don't get worlds first. Um, I think they got world second once and I have, I have to check. Maybe they did get a world. So the they people that are really second. good at the game part, they just watch what they're doing. So they figured out like, okay, let's go do it. Yeah. Or if not watch directly, somebody's watching and then either in the chat or, you know, texting on the phone or whatever, be like, Oh yeah. Like the blue ball goes over there and the orange one is for this guy. And the, you know, like whatever the mechanic is. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of a, you know, we already talked about gaming subcultures, but it's, it's a trip just being in the destiny, you know, kind of like Twitch world during a world's first race. Like it kind of like, it's one of those things where like destiny two doesn't really like take over Twitch very often, except for like the day a raid comes out. And then everybody's like, why is destiny two like the top game on Twitch today? And it's, it's like, like ah, it's just Fighter. today. The same idea. Yeah. Like the, when there's a huge competition going on, it's, it's yep. up there. And then the rest of the time, it's the hotness. Exactly. But yeah, so, so I know I've rambled on about for, for a bit, but it's, I'm, I'm liking the game. I'm enjoying it. And I'm doing the same thing that I've done for the past year where like, I'll play it for a while. I'll play it for an hour or two if I have the time. But as soon as that thought creeps into my head where like, I look at a bunch of things and I think to myself, I don't want to do that. Or I think that wouldn't be fun for me right now. I don't give it a second thought. I shut the game off. I walk away. And it's, it's been, it's been, and it doesn't mean that I won't play it the next day and maybe have fun with that thing. But I have fallen into the trap a few times where I'm, you know, playing and I have to think to myself, like, I haven't been having fun for like 40 minutes. Like, what am I doing? So I'm, I'm, I try to be very, very cognizant of that. 
Um, so yeah, so that's uh, Destiny 2 so far. I've, I've put it out there before. If anybody is just at all curious, the game is free to play. Even the new Neo Muna uh, uh, location is free to you know explore. So if anybody just wants uh, you know someone to show them the ropes or just kind of what certain things do, because there's it used to be very, very simple, like you know primary special heavy weapon, pick your subclass, here's your magic space abilities. There's so much vocabulary now. There's so many, like, what they call game verbs. Like, you know, like, and, add, and like, what is this thing? What does it affect? How does it do? And a lot of it, lower difficulty, you can just ignore. And then when you get to higher difficulty, it's like, no, you need to know your mods, your loadouts, what does what, you know, like, what's defensive, what's this. So it's it's very accommodating. But if anyone's curious, um, I'm around, you know, just a wild bill on most things and Steam included. Um but yeah, that's really been most of the gaming. I did bring my Steam Deck to the tattoo appointment because it's the first tattoo that's not on my arms. So I figured, oh, I'll be able to use my arms. But because of the placement of the tattoo, I was kind of like on my side. So it wasn't really conducive. So I didn't really play very much. I did show one of the other tattoo artists who I was a fan of. He walked in. I was like, oh, I'm a big fan of your work. And then he kind of saw it and he was like, what's that? And it's really cool when you can show someone who's like not in your world. Oh, here's a cool thing. And I showed him and he took a picture of the back of it. Um, and we're actually going to get to, I, I, I sent him a link, uh, cause the steam sale started on Thursday. Cause the first thing he asked, he was like, he was like, will that thing play Hogwarts legacy? And I was like, Oh, you know, it will. And he was like, Oh, I might have to get one. So, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, mostly it for games. I'll just blast through some movies real quick. I mentioned that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to use letterboxd a bit more, which is an app available on your smart device, uh, assuming a tablet as well. And also just, uh, on the website, if you prefer to do it that way, if anyone's curious to follow me, um, wild bill 52 was unavailable somehow. So I'm wild bill 53 on which is weird because it's bill with one L. So that's almost yeah, so, like purposefuls. Are you sure you like didn't yeah. sign up a long time ago and forgot about it? I am not sure. <laughs> uh, I'm also not sure that it wasn't something else and then like got acquired by something. You probably should so, try like, like a password recovery or something. Yeah, I could, pr- I could probably look at account recovery. Because who else would pick idea. that? I know. Well, cause for the longest time, I wanted just BIL for my Xbox gamer tag. It is taken, but it's like an inactive guy. I think I sent him a message like eight years ago. I'm like, hey, bud, I'm just curious, you know, if you're ever going to, you know, can't. so, but now you can, because they added that little, um, you know, like hashtag whatever. So, you know, there's a unique identifier for you, even with the same gamer tag. Um, but, uh, and on steam, it's way easier without costing you any money. You just go into steam and change your profile name. It's, and that's what you show up as in game. Um, but yeah, so I am wild bill with one L five, three, on Letterboxd, um, if anyone cares uh, to follow. During my tattoo appointment, um, my tattooer and I, uh, we, te- we after chatting a little bit, realized, man, we have a lot of very similar movie tastes, which it's so awesome, especially when you're like maybe a little bit offbeat with your movie stuff. I've definitely recommended things to people and they're like, Bill, I love you, but yeah, no, like, don't tell me what movies uh, you like anymore. But then I've also had people like, oh, this was so awesome. Like, no one gets my movie sense but you. So it's, it's kind of cool when you when you get when it happens. So we ended up watching. I was there for like 10 hours. Um, we were we ended up watching Don't Breathe 2. I don't know if you've seen Don't Breathe 1. It's it's a very um, Stephen Lang, who's a brilliant, brilliant actor, who's recently in Avatar. But any Western fans out there, he's the guy who played Ike Clanton in uh, the uh, 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 Kurt Russell uh, Tombstone film. 
Um, he's a very he's a chameleon of an actor. Like you'll see him and not realize it was him most of the time. He's he's him. He's got like his face in a lot of uh, you know his later roles, but a lot of his earlier roles, you're like, I don't know. He's like hidden behind a beard or like makeup or something. Um, so we watched Don't Breathe Two. I didn't like it as much as Don't Breathe One, but it was a very interesting premise. the The premise of the first movie is that there's this guy who is blind, who uh, these uh, you know robbers are like you know breaking into his house, and like that's all you kind of really need to know. There's like a deeper story, but you don't really need to know it for right now. But he ends up being uh, way more to deal with than they would have thought because he's like, you know, I don't want to say like former, you know, military expert type thing. But like imagine like a blind superhero who like, you know, so he's like John Wick that can't see. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like that. Only like he's not like, you know, flashy like he's very he's like he's an old man. So he doesn't look like much, but he and he's in like, you know, like a like a tank top and, you know, just like pajama pants and stuff. Right. But it turns out he's just so adept at defending uh, his property. But then you also find out there's some really not good, skeevy, creepy things going on in there. And you do not sympathize with this guy. Um, So it's it's I don't want to spoil anything, but it is a. it's a tense thriller type movie, obviously being called Don't Breathe. Uh, I forget the actress's name in it. She's the one who's in the remake of Evil Dead, uh, the redhead. Uh, she's excellent. I'm just bad with names because now I'm in my 40s. Um, and this new movie, the Don't Breathe 2, they kind of make him the guy that you're supposed to empathize with. And they kind of don't mention any of the garbage that happened in the first uh, movie, which is a really, it. it really, it really was weird. I was like, dude, there's no way they're trying to make him like the one you're empathizing with. Like he was garbage in the first movie. Like, like you would be sick to your stomach if I told you what he did in the first movie. Like, remember all that child murder? Just pretend man, it didn't happen, man. But like, but you know, that being said, um, really interesting idea interesting premise um, and one of the actors who I hadn't seen in a while I love the movie Empire Records um, just saw it a ton when I was in, in high school like me and my friends all loved it there's a character in that movie named Warren who I really haven't seen in very many other things but I saw him in this movie and I was like it's fucking Warren from Empire Records and he's like yeah dude it totally is so um, yes yeah, so we watched Don't Breathe 2 I recently watched The Terminal the Steven Spielberg Tom Hanks uh, dramedy because I like saw a clip of it and I was like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while. That's a good one. So I kind of had it on while cleaning the living room. It's still good. Um, another one I watched while being tattooed was The Invitation, which is uh, a very, very slow burn. Um, more of a mystery. Definitely not less, less of a thriller, less like not a horror movie. Definitely a slow burn thriller with a twist coming that you probably won't see coming which I know makes it more likely you'll look for a twist with me saying that, but I still I still don't think you'll see it coming. Um, and everyone who walked in as we were watching it, they're like, oh, is this the invitation? I love this movie. And I'm like, okay, well, that bodes well at least. But it is one of those, it's not, it's not what happens at the end of 7, but you know at the end of 7 where you just don't feel like good about anything in the world? Yeah. Like that's kind of how you feel at the end of this it's movie. It's in the box. Um, yeah, and my, my middle son said, like, today, I got an Amazon package from the front door, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is cat food. My middle guy was like, what's in the box, Dad? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's just, uh, I mean, spoiler alert. I was like, oh, it's just, you know, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. And he came over uh, <laughs> Amazon Center. 
But uh, I, we watched another movie called The Perfection, which I had never heard of before. The actress who's in this, whom I love, is the actress from the Jordan Peele film Get Out. Uh, the 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 girlfriend of the uh, you know the main character um, uh, for those who've seen it, she and she and she's also recently in uh, Megan that movie about the uh, the doll uh, like that kind of horror movie about the AI you know toy doll uh, come to life type deal. Uh, so the perfection, um, same thing. It's I mean I think at its heart it's like a two and a half or three out of five star movie. It's not trying to be much more than that, but s- same thing twists that you don't see coming it's basically about this uh young woman who's a cellist who was like studied at a conservatory she was like you know on her way to being professional and then her mom gets very very uh sick ends up being terminally ill so she has to leave being a cellist for a while and then she like decides she wants to kind of come back to that world and this is all kind of done in like a montage flashback so this is like the first five minutes of the movie and then it's like someone that starts it's like all right Oh, it's great to see you again. I'd love to, Oh, we'd love to have you come and teach. And oh, here's our new protege and this and that. And it just goes bananas from there in a few different directions. So uh, very, it was enjoyable. Um, again, like we say a lot, you know, don't expect any Oscars, but it's a solid, you know, if you like kind of bananas type, uh, you know, don't see them coming kind of plot twisty movies. So it's pretty good. Again, that's the perfection. Um, the art of self-defense which is a fairly recent movie. Um, what's the guy's name from social? Ne- uh, Jesse Eisenberg. So Jesse Eisenberg plays a, yes, exactly. Lex Luthor. I forgot I was in DC land over here. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Lex Luthor plays a, a very, you know, kind of timid, uh, you know, uh, not self-confident at all. You know, kind of office employee. He gets jumped, um, like walking home from work one night and decides he's going to take karate classes. So that's the premise of the movie. When I tell you that this movie is Napoleon Dynamite crossed with Fight Club, I don't know if I've ever come up with a more apt uh, you know, description. And I'm sure it's been said by other people because there's no way I'm the only one saying that. The dialogue is all so goofy. You know when you listen to dialogue in Napoleon Dynamite and you're like, okay, it's some dudes making an indie film and they're having some laughs and yucks, right? I'm telling you, like, he'll walk into it and and every single person in the movie talks in that same weirdness. It's not just like one character. Like, everyone does it. So he'll walk in like the break room at work and the three guys that are already in there, like he's interrupting a conversation and there's and they're looking at each other. And they're like, we should do push ups. And then he kind of walks in and he like interrupts them and he's like decided he's going to like, you know, replace this guy in the friend group because he's tough enough now. And he's like, you out. Like, I'm in here now. Like, I just punched my boss in the throat and it felt great. And then he kind of like the guy like takes his badge off and then walks out of the room. And then the rest of them all just look at each other and just start taking off their shirts so they can do pushups together. Like, it's just so weird. But and also and the guy who run, is running the dojo, I don't know if you know who Alessandro Navolo is. Um, he pl- he's he's been in a lot of really good things that I really like a lot, like Neon Demon and uh, this movie with Reese Witherspoon called Best Laid Plans from like 99, I think it was. It's like another thriller. What most people would probably know him from, he played Pollux Troy in Face Off. Oh, okay. So Nicolas Cage's younger brother. So if you can picture that actor. Um, so again, again, and, and you know who's in it is, um, I don't know if you know who Imogen uh, Poots is. Uh, excellent actress. Um, she was in a film called Green Room. Which, if you can stomach the violence, because it is, uh, you know, there there is like a little bit of like kind of like gore and, you know, 
not over the top, but like, you know, some blood and some cuts and some, you know, really like, you know, off-putting gore. Uh, it's basically, it's a movie about um, this band that goes to like play this show at this, you know, essentially like a skinhead bar. And they like witness something that should not have happened. And then like this, the skinheads like realize they've witnessed it. And then they like lock themselves into the green room. So it's like the skinheads all trying to get in and like, you know, get them. And the, the band kind of being like, like, what do we do? How do we get out of here? So it's, you know, that kind of escape movie. And, uh, Speaking of people, oh, I forgot to mention this during the Destiny segment, probably because I was trying to keep it happy, but we'll mention it here. Uh, so Green Room is a movie. It's one of Anton uh, Yelchin's last films because uh, he tragically uh, passed away when a, in his own driveway, I think, when the the, bri- the parking brake failed on a vehicle and crushed him. So Anton was the was the actor who played um, uh, what's the Russian character uh, Chekhov in the uh, in the. Um, What's the the, t- the Kelvin timeline yeah. uh, Star Trek film? So very off, awful thing to happen. Terrific actor. Um, take, yeah. Very, very young when it happens. So very, very sad. I forgot to mention in the Destiny uh, segment. I know we're jumping around a bit. Uh, this is incredibly sad because same thing. Like he was you know, older than Anton, but still way too young to be taken. Uh, beloved, at least in my eyes, uh, actor Lance Reddick. Uh, this was shocking yesterday I, I texted my my brother-in-law because we're both big big fans of the wire and he used to play destiny lance reddick voices zavala he's been the leader of the titan vanguard uh since the game came out lance is well known for being an avid destiny player he tweets like footage of him playing all the time uh he's like his voice is synonymous with that game so after news of Lance's passing uh, broke, uh, players in Destiny started equipping Vanguard colors and approaching Lance's character in the game and just saluting or kneeling. And every instance of the tower is different, but you could leave the tower and come back and walk over to Zavala and there was like dozens of people just like standing there, you know, fireworks, some because there's emotes, right? So you can press a button and like have a thing happen. And there's exotic emotes that have like kind of props uh, and they're just kind of like, they kind of like look like they're just like fireworks or just kind of like, you know, um, summoned out of thin air. And there's a candlelight uh, vigil mm-hmm. uh, emote. So people were like having candles. And it's like, it was really actually like, you wouldn't think of it as kind of like tearing up or anything. But like, there were many, many, many people who were doing this in game. So yeah, I, I, I meant to mention it during Destiny, but I, you know, again, probably just wanted to. Uh, my brain was just in positive mode, so I wasn't thinking of it, but uh, this kind of brought us back to it. So anyway, that was a weird way to get get to it, but Art of Self-Defense um, uh, was enjoyable. Very weird and quirky, so if you like that kind of thing. Um, I wanted to mention real quick, I didn't see it since the last show, but since uh, uh, Sean Grego said he wanted mentioned it on the latest Press Playcast, I wanted to share my love of Pearl as well. Um, I saw X before Pearl and yeah, they're just different experiences. I don't know if it would color my, uh, impression if I did a reverse order, like they were talking about in their show, uh, it could have, um, I think Pearl is just phenomenal. I, I think X is all right. I think Pearl is phenomenal and I plan on watching it again. And Maxine is a uh, uh, top of my list for this year. Um, also our good buddy, Rich finally watched a movie that I've been recommending to him for a long time called Sorcerer. It is not about uh, magic or sorcerers or anything like that. It's actually the name of a truck. So the the name of the film does not uh, lead you in the right direction. In a nutshell, it's about 
several ex-cons, or not ex-cons, several fugitives, I should say, that are on the run from various authorities in the world and have all ended up in the same place trying to avoid, like, you know, being found, being caught. And they're in a situation where they have to take this job, where they have to drive this kind of, like, old beat-up truck or, like, a handful of trucks with, like, aging-slash-dying, like, nitroglycerin-leaking dynamite sticks and they kind of set it up early in the film that like, you know, they take like just like a fraction of this stuff and like they, you know, throw it and like it like pretty good explosion. Right. So it the whole thing's just nerve wracking. And um, the uh, I was very happy to see that uh, Rich had a very positive review for it. He's so good with words. Um, he he writes little like, you know, paragraph two paragraph reviews on Letterboxd. And I was very happy to see him give it like I think four, four and a half out of five, something like that. And, he, and it's directed by William Friedkin, who I think most people would know from uh, The Exorcist, but he's done many, many good films. And what Rich said in like the first line, he's like, it isn't, no, it isn't William Friedkin's most well-known film, but maybe it should be. And I was like, yes, because the guy who recommended it to me described it just in two words. He said, it's peak Friedkin. So if you like William Friedkin, like this is the most Friedkin Friedkin movie. So... Very happy that uh, uh, Rich was able to find a copy of that. Um, another reason to be sad that Kelsey's not here, even though we're, we're glad he's having fun with his family, is we can't talk about Marvel stuff and how my kids finished Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, and immediately afterwards, they were because the way that it ends, it's like, ooh, we got to watch the next one. So like right away, we put on uh, No Way Home. Um, and that is a... Uh, no bad language on this podcast. That is a long something movie. So we got through like 90 minutes of it last night and had to watch the rest today. And I didn't realize, spoiler alert, like right when something tragic happens in the movie, that's like an hour and 40 minutes into the movie. And then there's still like another hour and 40 minutes. It's like two entire movies uh, in one. Some might say it's like Black Panther. Right? Like, where you think it's two movies, <laughs> it's actually a single... That was a great, great uh, exchange. I remember that one. So, uh, so yeah. Um, even though Kelsey's not here representing uh, Marvel still, so uh, we... And I was a little bit worried, because when I first saw uh, No Way Home, I think I had an idea of some of the people that were in it, maybe not all of them. But when I saw it, I was like, man, is it actually really good, or am I just, you know, kind of falling into the... Um, you know, the gimmick trap, like the nostalgia, like, oh, I know these things. I know these people. So now that enough time has passed, we watched it again. And I'm happy to report that I, I think I like it even more than the first couple times I saw it. So uh, I'm, that's always great when you see something a while later and, and not just holds up, but it's even better. Um, last two I'll mention. I started but can't seem to find my groove with two different movies. And I've tried them each a couple different times. I love Sicario 1, mentioned it a few shows ago, Denny uh, Villanueva, um, who I kind of forgot had done that. It's a slow burn, but it keeps me engaged and interested the whole time. Sicario 2, which is called like Way of the Solado or Way of the Soledad, I can't remember what the word is. I've started it a couple times, and it's like most of the, mostly the same, like Emily Blunt's not in it, but like Josh Brolin, um, Tired Eyes, uh, Benicio Del Toro, like it's it's shot well it's beautiful like it's got some cool scenes i can't find the energy to like you know not want to be napping you know which and maybe it's i i can't be always be watching movies late so i do want to give it its fair shot so i'm going to give it another try 
Similar thing with Quiet Place 2. I try to watch scarier movies at night to not, you know, lessen the effect of the movie. Plus, during the day, it's just reflections on the TV. I don't like it. Um, but yeah, I've tried a couple times and I haven't really found my groove with it. Um, so that's it for movies. And then the only TV I'll mention, uh, I realize I never really mentioned the New York Rangers, even though it's on TV, probably cause it's not a show, but just want to mention they're doing excellent lately and they're winning six, nothing tonight. Last time I saw, so about 15 to 17 more games till the playoffs start. So hopefully they do well there. Um, Bob's burgers has become our go-to thing in the morning. Like we'll come out in the living room kids are there and my oldest wants to put on uh naruto as he says it and i'm like listen i'm glad you love it no one else in this room wants to watch it so like it's something everyone can watch and everyone likes bob's burgers and i've realized that it makes me happy so i'm happy to put it on it's just a fun fun time um mandalorian got caught up on that when sarah got home first episode i think was very okay second episode i think was also very okay no spoilers and then the third episode for me was where it got interesting and it didn't take it took me a little analyzing after the fact that i was like man like what was it what was it about it why didn't i like the first two and the first two just kind of like i don't know they just seem like not inconsequential but it's like you know we were talking about before about the creed movies when you watch them it's like okay you have a checklist when you're making a rocky movie we need this, we need this, we need this. And that's kind of, it, it felt formulaic is the word I was looking for. It kind of feels formulaic, which is not a bad thing. You kind of know what you're getting. And if you like the thing, you'll probably like a little more of it. But at some point I'm like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've kind of, you know, like give me, I need something else, right? So the third episode kind of gets away from, you know, the Mando character who I still really enjoy. And it gets into this character we've seen before few characters we've seen before but the way the story kind of unfolds it's actually interesting and compelling and engaging and it reminded me a lot of andor and i remember when andor was over we were talking on the discord about like man i don't know if i can go back to like you know kind of you know shooting from the hip you know just like fun you know like uh, space western you know mando now that i've seen how good serious star wars can be and it's like okay well like hopefully there's room in the world for both right but it really has solidified how much I like that storytelling style of Andor. And I'm happy to see it come into uh, the Mando series. I just really hope that they can incorporate the Mandalorian characters they've already developed in that storytelling. Because it's kind of like a line is drawn. It's like, all right, you know those characters. Now we're going to go over to these guys. And like that's the compelling story. So, so yep, that's my little Mando thing so far. Maybe we'll do a spoiler cast once all the episodes have come out, if anyone even cares. And of course, The Last of Us. Um, uh, I th I do think I want to. We want to. I'm sorry. I was going to be voting for doing a spoiler cast on this entire show. Maybe my next uh, show uh, for my next show topic. So we'll give everyone a chance to kind of finish it. I won't say too much. Uh, all we'll say is that they did end the first season at the end of the first game. So if anyone was curious, um, you know that's uh, they don't go beyond that. They've already started talking about. Uh, you know, it's been renewed. So we know that season that the second game, they've said they're spreading over multiple seasons, which is a good idea because it's a much, much, much bigger story. Um, well, the good yeah. news is so that I, I think they just announced that the last of us one has been remastered for the sunbeam toaster. So re, re, <laughs> re, 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 remastered. And I can't wait. <laughs> play it, play it now on your LG dishwasher. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not quite the next Skyrim, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully this will be 
you know, and, and or, or what's the other one? Um, uh, Kingdom Hearts, obviously, is probably and street, we talked about these, yeah. you know, Street Just Fighter 2 there. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 uh, this will come up in the main topic uh, as well. Very good. So obviously, you know, um, having it's only been a week for me uh, since the last show, so I don't have as many updates to go over. Um, and so I'll, I'll be pretty, pretty brief on this. It's been kind of a busy time and I've not had a lot of downtime to do, to do gaming and, and, uh, watch stuff, but a few things I want to cover. First off, continuing, um, to watch both the, we're moving towards the end of Australian survivor and the U S survivor has just really kicked up, uh, over these last few weeks. Um, I continue to, it, it's almost kind of rough at this point in time. Like the Australian survivor is just so much better. And then now I'm like, I'm, so I'm watching them wrap a season while I'm watching the U S one kick up. And it's kind of like, wow, this really just, <laughs> it's not that great. You know? So it's kind of like, I, I, I hate that the one that's really good is wrapping up and you get kind of the bland, also ran you know what i mean which is kind of sad for yeah. like this is the one that started it what happened um yeah and and so i and you've said this before you've sung the praises of australian survivor i'm not fully through the the last collector cast episode that i wasn't here for but i've gotten far enough where you mentioned australian survivor and you said you weren't going to go like super into it because kelsey wasn't familiar and like uh, about like the format and stuff uh but yeah you it's it's every time you talk about it you're like i can't believe how good it is and you and you mentioned in the last show how the people that they get uh yeah. just like the caliber the of person is yeah crazy so i mean that's obviously these stories are driven by the people and the characters that they've got on the show and um and they always do their things like but this season of australian survivors heroes versus villains so they brought back a bunch of former players, the ones that played more like the good guys. They teamed mm. them up versus the ones that, you know, had played yeah, a, little, a little rougher, you know, uh, yeah. on these things. So, but there are a couple of, especially this one guy that's on the villains, even the first time you watched him, it's kind of amazing to watch because, mm. like, he was in. Um, I want to say it was like the last season or maybe it was two seasons ago on Australian Survivor. He's this person that you ever find people that like exist on a different level as normal people. And I don't mean that in terms of brilliance per se, but like there's a certain way that most people interact. Right. That, you know, you're friendly, mm -hmm. you have certain things and this is just the way people are. And then there's like this other kind of person that like those social rules don't apply to them. Right. And they're like, right. I don't need to live in this world that you've boxed in over here. I'm just going to do this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And and this guy is just like that, where like <laughs> it's almost insane because they start off like that season he started off with nobody likes him and they're just constantly talking about getting him out oh this time we're gonna get him out we're gonna get him out we're gonna get him out. dude never gets out like goes all the way to the finale <laughs> like he doesn't win because nobody likes him right. but right. they never get him out like he's always just 
I, I don't know how to describe like just yeah. you know he's he's always got an angle and he's seeing that yeah. okay well i need to go and you know poke here or get this thing going on over here and right. and so since he doesn't have that social angle he's over here playing basically a whole nother side of this thing right right and so he's back again in the second season and again like right off the bat Everybody knows they've watched the show and they're just yeah. <laughs> like, we have to get rid of this guy right away. Like he's right. trouble. Yeah. Guy's still there. Yeah. The like, and there's like five people him, left. The worse it's going to be. Yeah. They start out with 24. There's like five of them now. He's still mm. there. And mm. like, like the way he keeps making things happen, you're just like, oh my God. You're like, this is just incredible. <laughs> That he can pull this off. I mean, it's like yeah. watching someone that's like you know how you're talking like Rubik's cubes, right? Like you've done like Rubik's, like like you see those people yeah. on the videos that can just like take a Rubik's cube and go and it's done, right? Yeah, and and it's like you know there there's like Billy Mitchell talked about like there's just like different like calibers, like different levels of people, like you know across different things, right? There are you know like when you look at like what do you compare it to? Is like you know like the like the best like the best pilot, you know, like in the U S uh, you know, like uh, military in world war two, it's like, his name was like Freddie Rickenbacker, like something like that. And it's like, you don't know his name because he shot down, you know, like four planes. He's like, but everyone knows the red Baron, you know, like red Baron shot down like this many. So he's talking about like the caliber of people and same thing. Like we're talking about Zach wild earlier, like Zach wild can show me what he's playing here. It is. All you have to do is put in the thousands of hours of work to be able to do it, right? Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's crazy. And so when you watch some of these people that somehow are just – have figured so much stuff out, and when you watch them work, yeah, it's – on one level, you're like, this is crazy. And, yeah. and on another level, you're like, how did he crack this? Right. Yeah. Because I think it would be more impressive for me to see it in something like Australian Survivor than it would be on a fictional show because it's like, well, you know, like it's fiction. They can just write what they want and they can make it happen. Unbelievable as it seems like Game of Thrones. There was a character who was, you know, kind of behind the scenes, kind of poking everyone at each other. It happens all throughout different. And then, like, you know, when he gets away with it, the audience is like, "Ooh, I hate that guy. You know, like, but to see it happen in a reality show where like they could get rid of him. If, if they got together yeah. and figured it out. And yeah. it's, it would be one thing if it was, oh, man, he totally took us by surprise. No, they know. And he still beats yeah. them out. And he's not winning yeah. any competitions. He's not. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's just. he And like this. So this season, it's funny because like he knew he was coming back and he talks about like, I started working out like crazy because before like. Dude had no physical, like mm. he sucked at the stuff. He's still not great, but he like mm. started working really hard at it, right? So he could at least play. Yeah. And this time, like, worked really hard on like some of the social aspects to try to bring some of that in. So when you see somebody that as one level and now can add layers on top of it, I still will be shocked if he goes all the way because again, just everyone is just constantly like, we have to get rid of this guy. We have, and suddenly, yeah. like every single time. They don't get rid of him, and you're like so, so so so. I have to ask, yeah, is it because I I looked up uh, Australian Survivor just to see like numbers. So like we're it's it's tenth season Heroes and Villains. Yeah. Now it looks like it finished uh, last September. 
is it has it already aired and you just haven't caught up no this is where i airing live oh really okay because yeah it's showing it's showing an end date of september 2022 but that just might be the filming yeah uh, yeah that's when they shot so you're so you're what? So no one knows how this is going to turn yeah. out so far right now. Oh, okay. So this is no. Basically, man, it's airing is... on Australian TV. It comes out, mm. you know, probably about four a.m. here, and then mm. I'm watching it, you know, the next day. So I mean, yeah. you know, so it's just I don't know, and it's just kind of crazy to see some people that have crafted such an ability to work some of these games that shouldn't really yeah. be like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's impressive. It's just impressive to yeah. see somebody constantly have be one step ahead. Yeah. I, I've, I've never, I shouldn't say never. I got into reality TV a little bit. Um, some of the MTV stuff like Jersey shore we thought was funny. So we watched a little bit of it. Um, I don't think I've ever watched any network uh, reality, kind of like elimination style TV. It was more like, you know, like the VH1. Um, what is uh, uh, there was it wasn't a flavor of love. There was like kind of like adjacent shows to that where it's like celebrities living in a house together type thing. Like, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think I've ever really gotten into reality TV uh, uh, outside of just like a couple of those examples. So it's impressive to see. uh how uh, engaging it still is for you. Well, that's, I, you know, I've watched Survivor since it started, you know, way back. Mm. And so it's kind of those things. After you've watched it enough seasons, you're like, I mean, God, they're like in the U.S., they're like on the 44th season. Like, I'm no this, way. I'm this crazy. deep. I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm right. obviously yeah, still into enjoying it. it. Absolutely. Sure. But to me, I mean, normally it's, <clears throat> there are certain patterns, but they do things to throw wrenches and things. So it's, it's always a new experience because there's new people most of the time, right? Mm. So that's what makes it interesting. I just love the people watching part and to see what people yeah. will do in certain situations and how they behave and mm. that kind of social experiment part of it. And um, Man, you weren't kidding. Survivor season 43? Yeah, I'm not joking. Yeah. Man, how do they do that? They do that? two a Is year. It more, and it's been oh, going since dude. like 2001 or something. Is it that same OG host that yeah. I remember from like yeah. back in the day? Jeez, yeah, <laughs> that is kind of insane. It is kind of insane, but I mean, how, and how often? So you said they brought back heroes and villains in Australia. How often has U.S. Survivor been like, oh, look who's back? They do that. It's this guy from time to time. Yeah. I mean, usually they don't do it a lot because if so, it would be kind of too much. You know what I mean? But every once does, in a while, they the bring host, people back. Yeah. Does the does the host of American Survivor do anything outside Jeff of the Probst. show, or is it like a Pat Sajak type? It's character kind of that. Like, I mean, this is his job. Okay. He um, he had a daytime t- uh, talk show on CBS for a while, but no, mostly this is his gig, and they talk about it. it's like a to make the show to make two of them a year. It's it's basically an all year round job. I guess it would be, yeah. So. Um, between the casting and setting up and shooting and editing and mm-hmm. hosting and yeah, that's this is his gig. Um, seems like he's doing fine at it. I don't know. It's just the the people watching dynamic to me is, is interesting to see how people will behave because you have some people that are <clears throat> they want to be who they are, right? They want to be altruistic or I'm not gonna do these things to win and then you have other people that are like i don't care 
I'll do anything to win this, right? I don't care if we're yeah. friends after this. I want a million dollars. So, yep. you know, I, I'll burn every one of these people to the ground if I have to, <laughs> to do it. And then you get a lot of in-between. I'll, 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 I'll burn Minas Tirith to the ground. I mean, sometimes you get players that are like that, that are just... Yeah. But I don't know how to be that person, right? I, I, I That's not yeah. me. But when you see well, like, other people that yeah. can do that, it's almost a little frightening. Well, that's it's my, so I did not find the movie The Founder to be a a, a, a feel good movie, and I, that's the point. Like you know, it's a movie where you are rooting for him in the beginning, and by the end, you hope that he falls off the earth and like just gets what's coming to him. But one of the the best lines in the movie where you kind of realize that is uh, when he's talking to him about like you know, like what can you do and what can't you do, and he he says you know so if your competition. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like if your competition is, you know, is is drowning in front of you, do you have it in you to stick a hose in his mouth? Yeah. And 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 the guy's like, he's like, like he's like, no, nor would I ever want to. And he's like, that's why you're never gonna like be good in business. And he's right, but like both of them are are totally okay with their decision of walking away from that garbage and like nope do like exactly what i need to do to get what i want my, my result or whatever right yeah it's that's that's the interesting part to me is to just see mm. the human behaviors come out and how people act yeah. in certain situations when they're put into them so yeah sarah loves um uh uh, I think it's if it's not the show Vanderpump Rules, it's like a spinoff of that because uh, it's like and I, like I'll walk in, and I'll see it, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, yeah, it's this kind of like just like dumb and I'm like, oh, whatever you like. Right. She's like and like my sister likes that They talk about it. And like all of these like I don't know if you call them celebrity like in this circle, they're celebrities. But like your average person would not so know like- who like. Not even D list celebrity. We're talking like yeah, pro- F lists. Probably D or F, yeah. But like but like very well known, like like everyone knows the Kardashians. And I feel like a lot of people who know who the Kardashians are probably know who these people are because they're adjacent. But you know, your average, like if you ask like your mother in law, hey, do you know who Stasi is? She's like, I don't know who you're talking about. But um, my my wife really likes this show, Vanderpump, and I think it's Vanderpump Rules. But there's been spinoffs because the people that were on it, because I guess the woman Van like Vanderpump, she's famous for being maybe a supermodel or owning something that's fame like a famous store or something. I forget what it is. But like, so they had a reality show. But then all the people who like were in the show kind of became fame, like you know, well known in their own right. So I think it's spinoff shows and they all have, you know, like everyone's got their books and their, you know, like their products that they, you know, like make their money off of after the show's over. But my, my, my wife was actually planning on going and seeing one of these people who they've been together with another person on the show for a long time. So I guess it, it came out that he's been cheating on her for like a while. And she, she came to me and she was like, I know it's dumb. I know it's just like, you know, like a reality TV show or whatever, but she's like, I was planning on going and seeing this guy. I don't think I can support him. I don't, I don't think I can go like knowing what I know. And I'm like, dude, like it's whatever you do, do what you think, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you feel. And I was like, and I asked the question, cause like, remember with all the Activision garbage with uh, Bobby, what's his face? Uh, Kodak. Yeah. And, and some stuff was happening and, and everyone's like, and I remember talking to Kelsey about it. And it's like, I don't want to give this piece of garbage, any of my money. 
And we started talking about, well, you know, if you got to buy a copy of Tony Hawk one and two, like get a used copy, you know, like don't get, don't give them a dis- it's like, Okay. That's a good. So I said in that same line of thinking, I was like, so, cause her friend was going to go with her. And I was like, so what if I was like, I'm not saying you should ask her to do this, but I was like, what if your friend was like, Hey, let's go to the show. My treat. Because one of these guys on the show, I know it sounds like I'm joking is also a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so it might have been like a like a rave uh, type uh, or like you know just like a scratchy scratch party, which I think is what the kids call it. Um, I was like, what if your friend was like, hey, I'll, like go with me, my treat. Would you go knowing that you're not you know like giving him any money? And she's like, I don't, I don't think I could. I don't think I could go knowing that he's getting. So- and you know, what, oh, you know what it was? He's perform the same place I saw Our Lady Peace. It was a free concert. So I had to pay my way to get to the the casino, but I didn't have to pay any money to see the show. And I was like, so knowing that the show was like that, you know, it's not going to like he's been paid. No, no money is going in or out regardless of you being there. Does that make you change, change anything? And she's like, I don't think I can like stand there and like be there and like, you know, support him knowing that. And I'm like, hey, it's it's good for you. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, it is it is weird how like the the people can kind of like, you know take on like these personalities and like uh kind of get under your skin and make you uh just kind of feel uh, certain things but uh yeah I, I think it's impressive that i really i really didn't realize there was that many seasons of it and that it was still going after all that time yeah uh, <clears throat> so you know i know it's not for everybody and i'm not gonna say it's the highest quality tv that ever existed i'm not gonna pretend that it's academy award winning stuff i yep. just enjoy it and sometimes it's fine there's nothing wrong with that yep but I understand what you're going to with other things like that. I mean, you know, there are certain businesses that I I won't I won't give them any money because I don't agree with certain things they do. Doesn't mean I'm out in the corner ringing a bell saying we should all boycott them. It's just I'm going to choose what I do with my money, and you can choose yep. what you do with yours. So yep. it's fine. I, yep. I'm I'm very very big on letting the wallet talk and just I will stay off the soapbox like yeah. like ninety nine point nine percent of the time. If someone asks, I'll even say like, it's, it's a personal decision. It's, it's an, it's an issue with me. I won't even, you know, like, you know, go into it beyond that. You know, like it's, it's, I really, really, really don't want to push any, really anything on anyone. (laughs) That's no fun. And uh, why do it? Um, But I I can push my survivor talk on the people that listen because you chose to listen to this show and it's our show. So (laughs) You, 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 you downloaded it. You gave it a positive rating wherever you're listening, I'm sure, uh, which I don't think we ask for that anymore. But yeah, I mean, if you happen to just like hit a thumbs up or a like or something, I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt anybody. No. Um, but yeah, I enjoy your Survivor talk. So that's plus one for me. Um, moving on to Star Trek Picard. So again, the show continues to please. I'll just uh, won't spend forever on it, but man, it's just really good. Watch the latest episode the other day and... Um, They've just, they've got a very intriguing story. Again, they've got all these characters that you love back again. And I don't know, Star Trek Picard Season 3 is a home run. If awesome. Even if you're just curious, if you've watched, you know, the old Next Generation and the movies and you haven't watched the first two seasons of Picard, you can watch this third season. You don't need to, you don't really need to go catch up with anything. You can just still enjoy it. I would encourage you to do so. It's a really... Great. It's a really awesome episode, um, and I mean, awesome season. And uh, yeah, the way they're going with some of this stuff, 
some of it's interesting. So I'll just like one of the gimmicks of the bad guys this time around is they literally have a portal gun. So that's interesting that they've taken something like that from from gaming and uh, and put it into something like that. But it was kind of it's fun to see they make some uses of it that you're like, yeah, okay. I'm sure to like other people that have never played the game would probably. You know, but when you play the game like that, you're like, yeah, okay, that's exactly what you would do if you had a portal yeah. gun. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what you would do. So it's, um, it's 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 great to hear it keep getting like every time we mention it, like you say that it's going very well. And I think the last time I was on with you guys on a show with you guys, and we talked about Michael Dorn yeah. uh, kind of popping in, and the the last episode uh, that I listened to because I wasn't there, uh, you mentioned that you know it seems like they're leaving the door open. There's someone who like you think could maybe like, you know, move forward with things. So yeah, having not watched it yet, it's uh, it's on my list. So I'm, I'm curious uh, how it goes. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything because I think it's that good and worth watching. So um, just, yeah, if, you, if that at all sounds interesting to you, definitely check that out. Um, gaming wise, I haven't been playing a whole lot in this last week. A little bit of Elden Ring. That's kind of like become, it's just comfort food at that point. At Absolutely. this point in time, I don't have a lot of time. I don't care what progress I make, and I don't want to think about a new game right this minute. So, eh, let's put it on, play for a little while, turn it off. It's uh, not a big deal. Um, but I've been thinking about what I'm going to try to get into next, and there's a couple different things that are on my mind, and eh, which we'll see which one I land on. But uh, mm. for right now, that's just I. I don't care if I ever finish this new playthrough. I've played through it enough. So right now it's just it's a fun filler when I need some fun filler. Yep. And then um, yesterday I would, I've known it's a thing on my radar for a long time, and I've just finally gotten myself around to doing it, and that is um, I'm sure if you've paid attention, a lot of people probably at least heard a little bit that like the original Xboxes have this super capacitor that's on them that keeps track of the date and time and all this stuff and because they didn't use batteries they didn't decide to go with like cr2032s which pretty much every other machine uses they decided to go this way and unfortunately these things are really super ridiculously prone to leaking and destroying the motherboard so um i'm like okay fine i've got a couple of these things sitting around i need to go in and do the work and get it done so i i did some of that yesterday Cranked them up. I've never cracked open an original Xbox before. Really? Um, nope. It's the first time I've ever yeah. done it. I, I saw the picture you tweeted. Um, I guess I just assumed with you being such a seasoned repair pro that you'd been in there before. I, I've actually been in a few of them to add the executor chip into a room old roommate of mine was was you know did that a little bit and he had shown me how to swap out the hard drive and set it up just with a crossover cable to ftp to it to send stuff to so i had done that a little bit but yeah never any uh i've done capacitors on other systems but never the uh, the xbox yeah so um you know obviously you know it's a pc but opening it up it's even more ridiculously i mean i like come on like didn't even try to i mean like somebody just went like picked crap off a shelf and went eh, all right there's a pc <laughs> put some special software on there so nobody can steal the games um like it's it's a pretty lazy attempt of like because i had never realized i'm like okay like literally this is like the like the power connector is literally a, a, a an atx yeah. power yeah. supply connector yeah. i'm like oh so it's there's an, there's IDE cables. Yeah, like yeah, it's seriously. Like it wasn't it's even like okay. SATA yet. Yeah, you can use a lot of off the shelf PC stuff uh, uh, component wise. Like obviously, like the RAM 
is it's not Solid. you know like dim yeah. ram it's like actually on the board but yeah for um for the components because uh the i don't quite remember what the exact issue was but i do know that there was a reason to be swapping the optical drives out i can't i don't know if they were failing yeah or, they're garbage or if it was a lens I've thing got, or what i've got two but, of them that are basically dead or and i honestly i can't remember but i used to go to this site that had llama in the name I don't know if it was Xbox Llama or like Parts Llama or something, but they sold like complete, you know, like replacement shells that were clear and stuff like that. But they were also really big on the drives. And I remember there was like several different brands and there was one that was known as like the better one. But like this is way in my past, so I don't remember a lot of it. I'm Yeah, like I opened them up. One, I had like a Samsung DVD drive in it. That's totally dead. Won't even spin up. Mm. Mm. The other one is some... Um, obvious chinese company that no one's ever heard of again <laughs> i mean you're like chen lang song enterprises or something yeah. right it's like we, yeah. these fell out of a back of a truck yeah. somewhere one of the uh one of the uh, alibaba specials <laughs> right like, you're uh, like one of those like uh parts for hire uh firms <laughs> yeah and i don't think they could probably cost reduce these things anymore if it was humanly mm-hmm. possible and that one it's like mm-hmm. it really doesn't want to read most of the time it just these things are not built well. Uh, let me just say that I was—I'm not impressed yeah. by the build quality in these things and mm-hmm. getting them in. And a lot out of the time, case. the drive there, there's like there's like that like the plastic like tray with feet that like the drive would like go into, and then the cable would like fold over it. Yep. Yeah, it, it could have used a little bit more finesse in that uh, design portion. Yeah, it's so much of Microsoft just wanted a game box. And threw PC parts yeah. in it. I mean, it's like a good job trying, I guess. Really didn't know. They're like, uh, we haven't really researched this. Here, put this together. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it worked. I'm not trying to say that. I had one, bought one, played it. Uh, but, God, these machines are not built well. I'm not built to last. Mm-hmm. So um, I did what yeah, I needed to do in them. Um, you know, obviously if you've... I've heard of the problem and you haven't done the work yet and you've got some sitting around, do it now. Um, I was lucky that nothing was permanently damaged. But uh, I had, I did find one like normal capacitor and it was totally bulging and dead too. So I'm mm. glad I found it in there before it spewed its guts. I don't yeah. know. I'm not impressed by this machine. Yeah. So and, and, and like most things with capacitors, like I would never open a thing up and replace one capacitor. I would open a thing up and I'd replace everything that was available for me to replace. Yeah, in this case, I hadn't so. planned on recapping the thing. I just like, okay, let me get these mm. bad ones out. And um, luckily, I just had a, I could swap out this one. I just had happened to have a part sitting around, but yeah. I don't think I care enough to... I'm I'm not going to go back and spend lots of my time on the original Xbox, right? That's just not. Right. I know there's people of a certain age, and yeah. they're going to have that nostalgia. Sure, awesome for them. Sure. I, I get just like I have nostalgia, um, and hopefully I can yeah. sell my thing to them, <laughs> so yeah. they can well, enjoy. You're, you're, it. you're telling me you don't. You're telling me you don't want to play Blood Wake. <laughs> no, there's a few. What about I cell do have a few OG Xbox games. Oh around. wait, wait, Cell Damage came out on GameCube, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think it did. Yeah. So Man, that that'd be a good that'd be a good experiment. Brute just force. To come up with there a you list go. That might like, be yeah, good. brute force. Uh, yeah, we should come up with a list of like must play only available on OG Xbox, not through backward compatibility list, and see what we come up with. There ain't gonna be very many. 
Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot. <laughs> and I and I'm and I'm I'm in the camp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm one of their guys. I uh, you know, I'm glad that I can still play. I've you know quite a few of the OG Xbox games I've held on to are backwards compatible yep. and that's why I've kept them. But um anyway, but I did spend some time doing that. Um I don't relish working on that system. I don't like it. Um I'll finish doing the work I got to do, but yeah. I'll keep my original one around. Yeah. I've got this other one. Hopefully, it's all boxed. It's a nice boxed version, so maybe I can sell it, and yes. uh, someone else will have fun with cool. it. Um, yeah, this this is a this is a small gripe, but as long as we're talking about the you know complaining about build quality of, of that machine, I really really don't like like if on another machine if I have to like puncture a sticker oh, to yes. get to a screw, not a huge deal, but man. I have to rip off the glued on rubber feet to get the thing off. So it's and like, right, peel like, stickers. <laughs> or, right. Or so it's like not the end of the world, but man, like, and they're you all You really torques. have to, yeah, you really have to vandalize your, uh, uh, the bottom of your machine to really get into it. I, let's just Nintendo, Microsoft guys quit with the security screws and like the tri wing yeah. and all that. They're all readily available. Right, we can get them. I just drive down yeah. the street and I can get the tool, man. Yeah. It doesn't stop me from doing anything other than just annoy me from not being able to pull yeah. my normal Phillips out. Just stop it. Yeah. It. I'm yeah. sure it probably costs them more to do that. Just quit. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they just bought 90 billion of them 20 years ago and they're like, we're using them until they're gone. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just think that's the silliest. Yeah. Like, you're not stopping anybody. I, I always thought the tri-wing was just like, like why do I even have this tool? Okay, well, I might need to open that up once. Okay, well, that's why it's in. The, I, there's like a little drawer in the, uh, I have the Acro Mills like in my workroom. So it's like, it's just like tri-wing. All right, maybe. And and I think my iFixit repair kit might have tri-wing heads in it as well for like because it's just because of nintendo besides yeah it's marketed to, to game people as well as pc repair people but yeah the i i don't i don't even mind torques because i have full torque sets all over the place just because of like other reasons but but yeah like the the the, the weird tri-wing stuff and the um like the n64 like that socket oh, head yeah. like that weird Whatever that one's they called, all did it's that like a round head. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it looks like a lug nut <laughs> for like a car. It, a Super car Nintendo, tire yeah, he used the same thing, and That's the right. Genesis yeah, yeah. Uh, cartridges used that, and Super Nintendo cartridges, and it's just like, come on, man. what's wor- what's what's worse than like that like yellow EA tab? Oh, God. on a Genesis cart, trying to pry that thing off there without like slicing your hand <laughs> open with the box cutter or whatever you're you're using. Pretty much, just man. Uh, again, like, come on, manufacturer, you're not, you're not stopping anybody. Yeah. Just quit. Uh, let us do yeah. what we want to do because we're going to do it anyway. Uh, yep. But anyway, all right. So that gets us away from uh, my stuff, and uh, we're griping about consoles that are part PC, and and maybe that's a good segue. <laughs> yeah. So we're all about segues today. So uh, I thought it might be cool to talk about um, the uh, console influence on the PC gaming space because uh, last Thursday, uh, I haven't told this story yet. So uh, you guys, I think I mentioned my wife went to Florida with my oldest. So I was home playing uh, uh, single single dad, you know, with the two kids for like a a week, uh, which was awesome. It was great to really kind of just be you know one on 
you know, one-on-one or one-on-two with them for like the whole week and doing the whole, uh, whole routine. It really was really, really great. And, uh, but my mother-in-law had sent like a package up before the, uh, the trip and it was ba- mainly like a, like a help out package. It had like some pres, some gifts for the boys. Like, you know, if things get tough, we can, you give them these or like, you know, just give them one the first week and then this one the second week and just kind of had some random stuff in there to kind of keep them occupied, which was great. And there's a little thing for me in there. It was a little $20 steam uh, gift card. So like, oh, thanks very much, dad, for letting, you know, mom come down and with and the, and I'm like oh that was very sweet you know no need to pay me to hang out and take care of my own kids but very much appreciated thank you and then but then there were a few days kind of in the middle there where I remember talking to my wife and I was like she's like, are you okay and I'm like yeah it's just like last couple of days were just you know you've been there you know it's kind of overwhelming and like I'm just trying to you know kind of come down from it and everything's fine kids are great it's just it was like just wake up to go to bed like full of stuff right everyone's had those days so I think my wife might have relayed that to my mother-in-law because when they got home there was another steam gift card and i was like guys this is too much really thank you um so i had a little bit of extra uh cheddar in my steam wallet so last thursday i pulled up uh the steam store uh because that's when the uh there's there's several steam sales throughout the year uh and this the spring sale just started this past thursday so first thing I did was I looked at my wish list and I'm like, okay, like this game, this game. And you have the same argument you have in your head every time there's a sale. You're like, oh, it's such a good price, but maybe it'll go lower. And will I even play it? I haven't gotten through these five games. So, you know, the same thing we say in, in our heads all the time. But then there was this really cool thing on there that said, um, uh, oh, Steam Deck is 10% off this week. We're celebrating its first year. And I'm like, man. I mean, I know it happens like, you know, a system will come out, some time goes by, you'll see like a discounted bundle, maybe holiday times or something. But it's like, man, 10% off a Steam Deck. That's awesome. So I just clicked on it just to kind of see. And I shared it with my brother-in-law who's been looking for one. I mean, and that's that's not a small amount. So like the $650 Steam Deck, like that comes down to 580 And you can get discounted Steam cards like throughout the year. So if you were getting them 10% off already, that's 20% off a Steam Deck. So very, very cool that this, that we know, okay, there is now the possibility for Steam Deck discounts. But was very interesting on this page said, hey, because, you know, throughout the year and kind of searching and you're on the Steam Deck subreddit, like, oh, like what's good on Steam Deck? Like what are what are the things that really like play well on it that you maybe wouldn't have played otherwise? So on this, you know, kind of sale page for the year, it says top one hundred games played on Steam Deck. And I said, Ooh, that's a cool list, and they're the only ones that have uh, the info. So they said we're very impressed of you know the incredible breadth of games you have all been playing on Steam Deck. Wide variety of genres, new releases, old favorites, indies, like everything's in here. Um, here's the top 100 games of the past year by peak player count. So it's important to note that. So peak player count. So the, you know, should be self-explanatory, but at the game's peak, this is the most players they've had on there. So they're also, there's other stats like, you know, unique players and overall play like all that kind of stuff but we're just going peak player count in case anyone's curious so i started looking through the list and there's a lot of things that you'd expect to see there there's one in like the top five that i don't think anyone in a million years would have expected outside the pc space and, and even myself um but then i was surprised as i'm kind of going through the list as i started to realize man 
there are so many more games, not just available on Steam, but on the Steam Deck, that are either directly from the console space or like inspired or influenced by that console space. So I just thought it'd be interesting to uh, uh, just kind of look back at, uh, first of all, a year since the Steam Deck uh, started shipping. Uh, not since the pre-orders came out, but it's been just about a year since they started shipping. I've had mine since last June, like late June, early July. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so, um, so we'll kind of take it back to... Um, when I first started noticing a shift in the PC gaming space, it was probably around 2020. Uh, for the longest time, Microsoft would kind of like randomly like, you know, take a game that was in their console space and put it on PC. It wasn't like super, you know, common or out of the ordinary. It just kind of happened once in a while. But you would never see Sony do that. Like there was no chance Sony would ever have something in the PC space. And I think they always kind of saw it as, you know, being on Microsoft's turf. And, uh... I don't know if if over the years they re they kind of switched it to like, oh, well, it's not really, you know, like, yeah, they're running Windows, but like Microsoft isn't getting money from the sale like, you know, like Valve is for the Epic. Uh, sorry, for uh, Steam or, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, Epic for the Epic Game Store. So in 2020, we started to see quite a few games that were either published directly by Sony or by indep independent teams that were funded and published by Sony come to PC on Steam and the Epic Game Store. Um, so I just, uh, this is a separate list I pulled up here. And these are kind of like, you know, you know those, those guys that are like, maybe owned by Sony, maybe not owned by Sony, but like these games are not leaving the Sony platform. So like, for instance, you got your Quantic Dream stuff, um, like a Heavy Rain, um, uh, uh, Detroit, Become Human, Beyond Two Souls. You've got the Team Ninja stuff. Uh, uh, Neo, Neo Two uh, was uh, like kind of on the Sony platforms and just on uh, PC. I had almost forgotten that this had come out on uh, Steam because it was under the Annapurna umbrella. But Journey, um, that I just recently grabbed the 10-year anniversary vinyl soundtrack for, love, love, love that game. And Flower, um, so that's also an Annapurna. Um, and then you've got. Uh, uh, Death Stranding uh, that came up in our conversation earlier, but and those are kind of like the Sony adjacent ones. But then you got like the heavy hitters like Horizon Zero Dawn um, that we saw come out back in 2020, and they kind of said at the time like, "Oh, like we're gonna see how this goes and see if we maybe put more stuff out there." But there was kind of like a thought, at least in my head, that even in the console space, like they don't really like to to you know to go too far outside of what they consider to be like the norm or the safe space. Like with, um, what, what's their subscription service cost called again? PS. Um, the, you mean like PlayStation P plus? Yeah. PS plus. And now there's the different tiers. Yeah, and they I have like the, the so, so, but like when you compare to like Microsoft with like, you have game pass, like almost everything is like day one release, especially if it's first party. Sony is like, Nope, <laughs> you are you are buying that. We're not. They they won't cannibalize themselves, right? Like Microsoft has said, they're kind of cool with a little bit of that. So like when they kind of said that back in 2020, I was like, yeah. I mean, I could see them putting the odd thing out here and there, but like they're not going to put like God of War on the PC. But then they did, and they're not going to put Spider Man on the PC. And then they did, and then Miles Morales uh, came out um, on you know the PS5 a remaster that came to PC. Um, and then in 2022, um, the uh, Uncharted, I think this is a very confusingly named game. It's called Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. 
if someone said to me with like no other knowledge of the game, hey, are you going to get the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection? I think, man, that sounds like a collection of Uncharted games. Uh, and it's not. It's Uncharted 4 and the one expansion pack. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, if because if it was four Uncharted games, then yes, you, you, you believe I am getting that and I will play through those again. Um, so, uh, so before we go too much further, cause I've, I've rambled on for a little bit. Um, I am wondering if this is something, uh, cause I, I think you would agree that you're probably more console aware, uh, or console adjacent than you're kind of like aware the PC space exists, but you're not, you know, involved in it. You might see some news here and there. So back in, and I know you got to think back in the think back machine, but like back when Sony was like putting stuff on PC, is it something that even hit your radar or is it something that you're just, uh, you know, Sony's trying something doesn't really affect me. I don't care what's going on over there. So, um, I guess I look at this from two perspectives. Um, one is looking at it from the business perspective. And I think, um, traditionally Sony, has tried to be a lot like Nintendo in that they're a hardware company. And mm. their job in keeping software locked to their platforms is to sell hardware, which helps sell more software, right? Mm. Um, same reason why you don't see Nintendo games on PC, um, because yeah. they want to sell their hardware. And Sony traditionally has been a, a hardware-making company. They make turntables they make the walkman they make outside of the gaming space i mean traditionally they are a product company now Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong they have a music division and things but their bread and butter is selling you products like tangible machines and i think that's always been kind of the idea behind playstation itself was we have these things in these other spaces this is what's going to be for this space um I think the reason we've seen a shift from that is honestly more due to Sony's financial position as a company than anything Mm -hmm. else. And I think that in some cases they can't afford to keep going down certain paths without bringing in other revenue streams. And I think they feel that, okay, well we can, we can go into the PC space, like like you're saying, right? Because it's it's probably not really in the same sphere as console gaming, and so we're not cannibalizing ourselves a lot. I mean, there's gonna be some right. of it, but um, and it also doesn't give our competitors a leg up, right? It doesn't give mm-hmm. them something else, right? They're not putting it on Xbox. They're not putting it on Switch. Right. Um, whereas companies like Microsoft are in a different place, right? They're a a very well-to-do company. They've got lots of money so they can experiment and look at other things like um, Game Pass and doing subscription services and uh, not caring as much about the box, right? Mm. Or giving you different ways of of different boxes to play on, right? Yeah. And we've even talked about before, they're already uh, looking at doing the game where... You don't need the box. Right. It's part of the display, or yeah, yeah it's going to be baked and, into and, and, your and TV. Obviously, and obviously, being a you know a, a software like with their whole enterprise business and in the cloud space that they're in, they have like you were saying before many avenues uh, uh, to to both assist them 
both monetarily, like you said, but also like expert as far as their expertise goes in just what they're able to do. So yeah, they're definitely coming at it two different uh, two different methods. Yeah, because traditionally, soft Microsoft is a software company, and that's mm-hmm. where they're interested in going. Software and services and yeah, services. Right, Microsoft started as a Microsoft software company. Three sixty five. These days, Microsoft <laughs> yep. wants to become a fully service based company. Um, Absolutely, everything is subscriptions because they're not stupid, right? Why make? Why let you pay once when they can keep you paying over and over again? Right. I mean, and 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 to be fair, the entire. Like and some, I work in IT for those who don't know, and the entire world wants a residual. They want an annuity. They want money coming in regularly. It's not just Microsoft. They're just very big and they're very good at it. So, like when we buy something, you know, you pay a price, and then at the at the end, you know, at the end of the year or the term, whatever, there is a renewal and there's maintenance. And, you know, for a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, software suites or, or, or things, it's a relatively small cost. But then you have, you know, if you need Microsoft 365 and Teams and Word and Outlook and Office, the way the old the old way of doing it was you bought that suite, that $300 Microsoft, you know, Office 2016 standard suite or pro or like whatever version you wanted. And you paid for it once. And that was it. You put maybe a license on a license server. So it just knew you were supposed to be that. And like that was it, it was 300 bucks. And, you know, Microsoft figured, well, that'll be fine because we'll get the $300. And then when that thing is like obsolete in three to five years, they'll buy another version. It'll be another three to $500. And I don't even think it's that they realized, uh, oh, wait a minute, people aren't upgrading as quickly as we'd like. There's people that are holding on to machines for eight, 10 years. I really think it came down to like, we would just like to have more money coming in more predictably. Um, I think they saw other people do it first, like Ado- okay. Adobe. Yeah, so that was um, that's that's a that's a big one, uh, a big gripe um, when uh, when you know and and the the big thing used to be, I hate when they change something. You know, I know this program inside, and you yourself, who've you know, I know you've done training in uh, some of these programs. You 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 know you learn these things inside and out, and then they're like, okay, guess what that's not there anymore or the ribbon is moving or this is changing. So I know that bothered a lot of people, but, uh, but yeah, so, but they want to be in the services. And when we talk to other companies and I'm like, Hey, just out of curiosity, like, what are you guys paying for Microsoft? Uh, you know, 365, you know, ballpark. And like, one of them was like, Oh, like, you know, we, we changed providers. We, cha- we used to buy from these guys. Now we buy from these guys. And the same, uh, same, uh, uh, you know, software suite and everything is like, we probably save like seventy grand a year, and I'm like, you're, you are spending so much that you were able to save seventy thousand dollars just, and and you know, but some of these companies that have you know tens of thousands of users and it's you know, like three to five or maybe ten dollars a month, so. Yeah, I, I, I know where I'm, I'm rambling a bit, and, and I don't mean to hijack your point, but my little hi, uh, highlighted thing here was I think that Sony saw the PC as an untapped market opportunity that wasn't going to give, you know, put money in Microsoft's pocket the way that putting the game on the Xbox would. Um, so I, I think that was kind of the, the direction you were going as well. Yeah, um, and, you know, not to get too far aside, you know, I'm, uh, me and a couple other people are working on a business and and it has that same idea right we want to get people on a on a 
you know, a, a continual payment cycle, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. A virtuous cycle for, for the company. As a consumer, it sucks, but um, mm. I guess it depends on what your needs are. Right. right. And, and what you're looking for. So, yeah. And, and I and I think and I think what really helps um, the you know, because the business is a much different customer than the consumer, than the individual or the family, because businesses, you know, that have budgets like you just got to. Hey, is this work? It, OK, yeah, do it. Buy it. It's not a big and deal. companies want something that is they can easily quantify and mm-hmm. budget for. Right. Like, I, yes. I don't want this yep. to be a variable. Yeah. And I, predict, I want predict, this to be a repeatable thing yeah. on the books that I can plan for every time. And that's what they're looking for, right? Yep. Yep. And they don't want to have to uh, depreciate, you know, like, uh, like, okay, this is what it costs. And it costs this as long as we have, you know, this person, this PC, whatever. Or we say, you know, here's what it is. Here's what the projected staff is by the end of the year based on your new hires and stuff like that. So, look. It just grows right with those people because that's how the licenses work. And um, uh, another thing, too, is the um, I just had it. And then you had a good point. And I, it, I went, it went sideways on me. So maybe it'll come back to me. But, yeah, the um, uh, the the repeatability. Oh, that, that was it. The Adobe stuff. So I think it really drives people absolutely crazy when you put them onto like a repeating plan. And it's like, OK. I'm going on vacation. I'm not going to be use this thing for three months. May I please just stop? Like, oh, no, you're on a contract. So I think Adobe and they've done this both ways where they're like, it's month to month, no contract, cancel whenever you want. But then they also have a month to month, but with a year commitment. So you get a discount, a so, big yeah, discount. It's yeah, yeah they're not, stupid. not small. Yeah, right. Um, Sure. And this is uh, the growing way of business and we don't have to go forever into that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's why I think Sony, Nintendo, these are hardware companies by nature. Mm. Um, yep. I think Sony wants to change some of that, but mm. my, um, Microsoft is a, a service company. So they approach yep. these things differently. Um, I think if Microsoft could get Game Pass onto the PlayStation 5, they'd do it. I don't think oh, they yeah. care. They've said they've said out loud before. Uh, they, you know, people ask them, "Hey, like now that the Steam Deck is out, what are your thoughts on getting St- uh, Game Pass on Steam Deck?" And they were like, "Absolutely!" Inv- sure. They're like, because the thing is, when you look at other people, like you know, EA and Ubisoft, they're like, "No, you you must launch with our launcher. We put all this time and money into this launcher, and we'd like for people to do microtransactions on our launcher." And Microsoft's like, "Do not care." Yeah. Get the because as long as you send us a check, do whatever. You as want. long as you're a subscriber to Game Pass, you're in. Yep. We don't care. Yep. You will we'll put you on Chris's LG toaster happily. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And and I'll tell you the I think I mentioned before uh, you can play Game Pass games on Steam Deck, but you're playing them through their cloud uh, platform, which is essentially through like a Microsoft Edge browser. But when I tell you, I said okay, let me try something that. You know, I think would be like the most negatively impacted by playing through this method. I played like Forza Horizon 5 because you're not going to be like you have to be able to like tight control in a very small window to not, you know, like uh, uh, wreck your like car and spin it out. I was winning races uh, like playing it through cloud and it looked good. And even though the display is working, like you're getting those frames in as far as battery power goes, your processor and your uh, uh, GPU 
aren't rocking. So your battery's going to be better than if you were, you know, like running it local. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, we've, we could, we could, you know, talk about this forever, but I, I, I'm constantly reminded when, when you bring this up that like, yeah, like at, in their, in their, you know, in their roots, in their, you know, their bones, like Microsoft is different than, uh, you know, like the Sony and uh, Nintendo. But to your point, I do think Sony's trying to change a bit. Uh, the next little blurb I had here to kind of lead us into the the list that I, you know, had already foreshadowed. Uh, the popularity of the 3DS and later the Switch, uh, you'll notice I left out the Wii U, but if you're a lover of that system, I, I, I bless you and I bless it. Um, so the popularity of the 3DS and the Switch, at least in part, led to Valve's decision to develop the Steam Deck. If not develop it, definitely influence the design because when you see them side by side, like I know that, you know, how many different ways can you design a controller on two sides of a screen? But somebody was definitely looking at somebody's homework. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's the, what was that the meme that Mr. Bean kind of, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of looking over? Little Rowan Atkinson action. And, uh, but yeah, so um, the influence of the form factor, um, I think, is obvious. Uh, the Steam Deck was revealed on July 15th, 2021, started shipping 2022, so about a year ago. Huge pre-order numbers meant a long wait for most early adopters slash early pre-orderers. Um, but Valve caught up with the demand by early February um, of uh, of last year, which is or sorry, um, that's the wrong date. They caught up with demand by the end of summer last year. So so like by the fall, um, you were able to order one and have it within a week or two, and you and that is still the case. Um, so, uh, so the steam deck is readily available now. It has been for a little bit. Um, and, uh, so I mentioned this before steam regularly has big sales throughout the year. The spring sale just started. And when browsing the list, I came across this, uh, this list. I just thought it was super interesting. So again, full, uh, uh, transparency. This is provided by valve. So take that for what it's worth. It's by peak player count. They also very um, annoyingly did not number this list. They just gave you like a like a, a view of like a hundred games. So I had to manually transpose them to this Google Sheet of a hundred games. I didn't do all of them. I just did a lot of the ones I thought were noteworthy. Uh, but what do we say? Oh, we'll start at a hundred and we'll just kind of chat about and and, and kind of my focus in in pointing out some of these games is is think about the fact that this game is available like on a handheld PC, right? Like that's just, it, I just think it's crazy because it's not just like a handful of like, a, you know, a, a, what do you call it? Um, ports, you know, kind of here and there. So I was kind of surprised this was this high up on the list. I thought it might be lower, but uh, uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is number 100. And I'd be curious, um, anytime that we kind of hit a game that you, that kind of strikes you as like, oh man, like I, I don't, because for me, even being in the PC space, some of these games will come up and I'm like, I totally forgot that this was available like on PC or on Steam or even on the Steam Deck because it's just, I just think of it in my head as a, as a console game. So I'll just, I'll just blast out like a handful of the 90s and we can kind of talk about whichever ones you think are cool. Um, so Yakuza 0 is in there in the, in the 90s. Halo Infinite, which isn't a huge surprise, but I do still think it's interesting how Microsoft continues to put out products on Steam as well as their own platform because, again, they don't care. They just want you uh, buying wherever you want to do it. Uh, Devil May Cry 5, which I believe is the only Devil May Cry game on this list. 
Um, and then uh, just into the 80s, you got Forza Horizon 4. Um, so we're still pretty high up on the list. I don't think any huge surprises here, but these are, you know, again, like we're, we're still pretty high up on the list. So, yeah. um, anything you want to call out, you just, you just stop me or throw a hand yeah. up, but we'll go into the eighties uh, here now. And so this is one that I always kind of think of as a console game and just forget that it's on PC. Capcom is really big in the PC space. And sometimes I forget this. Resident Evil, how do you say it? Do you say seven? Do you say village? Do you say Ville seven? <laughs> I would say village, but yeah. Village, yeah. So and uh so this one was one that, you know, a lot of hype when it came out. And uh, you know, there's the VR aspect, which I don't know if the VR piece is uh, exclusive to the console or not. Um, but then right next to it, another kind of you know console exclusive that you would think of as being a Sony thing. Yeah, Death Stranding, uh, director's cut. As in the eighties, um, and then here. Well, while we're yeah, talking about it. Capcom, real quick, I mean, it's not. I mean, when we talk about third-party publishers, none of this really surprises me terribly much. Yeah. We've, we've basically been hitting like EA, Sega, Capcom. Again, they mm-hmm. don't care either, right? Sell it yep. wherever they can sell it. But um, it's interesting, even the take because I mean, we're not Steam Deck per se, but the Street Fighter and fighting games <laughs> input lag is ridiculously important in that sure. very very high level competition i mean that mm-hmm. can be make or break to the point where like now they're big competitions like when street fighter 5 first came out they were partnered with sony so things were mm-hmm. done on like playstation 4s and that's where all the yes. competition and everything was well yep they they didn't chip in for street fighter 6 or anything else right so that's why it's going everywhere but mm. um it was always on pc and since that, that deal's kind of gone, even like with the last championships that were going on, mm. they're playing on very, very optimized PC setups. And they're not right. playing on consoles anymore. Because right. again, to that level of player, mm. every frame can count. Oh, yeah. Right? When we when we were um, organized, or sorry, they still are. When I was still involved in organizing Retro Worlds and we would talk to guys running the, the, the uh, tournaments... Like the Smash tournament guys, they're like, oh, we got a big emergency. Like we can't like we're short, you know, like X, Y, Z monitors. And we're like, oh, don't worry about it. We have some you can use. And they're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And so I didn't realize. I mean, I and I know from being in PC, you know, you got your, you know, one millisecond response, like all this kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, no, it has to be not just like this, but it has to match Every other, like every station needs to be the same thing. You, they can feel the difference Mm. and they will complain and say, I, that I was, I didn't lose that setup killed me. And and I'm not like, I'm definitely, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but like I will sit down and it's, and it, what I'm saying is it doesn't take, you know, a professional to feel the difference. I'm sure they can feel it even more, but I'll sit down at the TV and I'll play a game for literally five seconds. And I'm like, something's not right. And I'll grab the remote and it's like, someone turned off game mode and like, and all it like, you know, you press the the stick to the right. And it's just that like quarter of a second to half second. Like, Oh, I'm like, Nope, Nope. Awful. So I can't even imagine at the competitive level where they know their, you know, milliseconds and hitboxes and everything they'd be like something something's not jiving right so. yeah so some of these games i mean that's making sense that they're going to the pc space you know for yeah. that i mean obviously you can still play them on a steam deck or whatever but 
That's sure. not where the professional level players are going to be doing that at. Absolutely. And they don't yeah. they don't want to play on the console, right? It's just it right. doesn't yeah. have the performance they need. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because back when uh Bungie was independent but had deals with Sony because Sony was paying for the exclusivity, so they would have like the launch day would be the same, but they'd have like, you know, like one strike was for like a mission was for them and one weapon was for them. They obviously they had these deals in place, so like you would see developer video, and every time you saw developer video, if there was a controller in someone's hand, it was a, it was a Sony controller, and we started to see developer videos kind of later on, and you would see controllers on desks that were like fuzzied out, like you know, like and, and it blurred out, and it's like, dude, they're not even let it, like it's a cross platform game. They're an independent studio, but they're getting money from them. And part of that agreement is like, we don't want anyone seeing that. And that, and the rumor is it's been pretty much been confirmed is the reason cross play cross platform play. So cross save happened. The reason why cross platform play was so delayed is because Sony wouldn't do it. Like everyone was cool with it. Sony didn't want to do it. And there's even leaked quotes from Sony execs on the, uh, Oh no, it's not even leaked. It's, um, it was on an investor call, like one of those like publicly available calls to jump on as long as you're a shareholder. And uh, one of the execs said, I don't care. Like, and the, and the paraphrase was like, I don't care if it makes us more money or like what, what the upside is. Like when someone thinks of destiny, I want them thinking of Sony and that's all that they cared about. So the rumor is that um, Bungie was going to go ahead with cross play without Sony. Um, they told them, they were like, listen, we, we look through our contract. Our lawyers have looked through it. Like, this is something that we are completely, uh, able to do their deal might've even been expiring or something like that. And they were like, we're just telling you we're announcing it like next week. So you tell us if we can include your name in it or not. And that's why like, there's even like a uh, bungee stuff that, um, like in, whether it's internal stuff or like blog entries that are like, like it's it's it, it details cross save or cross play and there's like an asterisk and at the bottom it's like most platforms there's like there's language where like it's not committal non-committal but then like at the last minute when they announced it it was like yes like all platforms cross play cross save the whole deal so yeah it's just crazy the uh, and the thing is there's always been that voice from the sony camp that it's like you know people would com complain about like oh like why is sony holding it up and when Sony is super successful and when they have the top selling machine, all the, the, the Sony camp, I won't say fanboy because like we're, we're nice here, but the people in the Sony camp are like, why would they? Like, why do they have to do that? And it always is so crazy to me because you're a consumer, right? Like you're buying the thing from them. What they're doing is like, I don't care if it's, it's you or someone else. Yeah. What they're doing is anti-consumer. So here you are a consumer and you're defending the big guys from doing the thing that's stopping the people from doing something that is a benefit to them. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like, okay, if it doesn't affect you personally, like I get it, but do you get that? Like you might have a friend on the other side of town or the other side of the country and you could be playing with them, but instead you're defending like this billion dollar, whatever corporation. It just, it, it's blows my mind. The, the psychology that goes into that. So well, we won't go too to far into it, but I think a lot of people yeah. that, that live in the political spheres of yeah. do the same thing when you're like, you realize we have common enemies, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and and to a lesser extent Nintendo, but I do I I've, I've talked about it before where like I do feel like Nintendo does things and they get a pass because they're so beloved because they're Nintendo and they have all these properties Nintendo is and the stuff, Disney, but it's like, right? Disney is horribly right. non an anti-consumer and anti-competitive. They're a monolith. Yeah. But yep. people love Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and 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 to to be fair, there will be like that my, like not minority, but there is that group that will stand up and be like this is garbage and then Disney's like, "Listen, you might be right." And, you know, and especially Bob Iger, every time Bob Iger comes back, he's like, we were too aggressive with pricing. I'm sorry. We're pulling it back. Right. But again, we're, we're, we're pulling off to the side there, but this is good stuff. Yeah. I, I like well, this. I mean, this is, this is what, this is why we're here. That's, but that's it. We're talking about this space. And I mean, yeah, yeah. we keep going through lists of games, but I mean, we have to talk about what's yeah. really happening and why it's happening. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. We're still in the eighties and we're going to call out a few games that are, kind of on everything in uh, the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga which I don't really th- think is a big surprise but it's just again one of those things that like I don't think you know PC is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of it but a lot of people playing this thing uh, on the go I guess Kids, yeah. and a game that I sometimes forget exists until like I mention it and then people are like oh I love this game I played it when I was a kid uh, The Sims 4 um, I forget there are still people that play The Sims. Isn't Sims that insane? Sims is a huge moneymaker for EA. I mean, you have to understand, like, my kids watch videos of people playing Sims. I mean, it's just a and thing. That's the, and and it's, it's not in my personal... Like, my kids watch videos of Minecraft all of the time. So I, I just equate, like, imagine how much my kids watch Minecraft. There are people watching that much Sims stuff. And I remember working at Babbage's when the first Sims came... Not the first Sims, but like... Oh, no, yeah, because SimCity was the thing. But the, the Sims was new. And then all the different, you know, like, expansions. And uh, I forget what exactly what they're all called. But, like, I'm telling you, the day a Sims expansion came out... Without fail, like 50 kids and their parents, you know, like just all day. Like, do you have it? Do you have it? Do you have, you know, totally whacked out, you know, like whatever, like the the expansion was called. But I kind of forgot that The Sims was as big as it was. And then I'll mention The Sims around people that I just don't think are, you know, gaming people. And they kind of light up. They're like, oh, I'm even to the point now. I think they're I think now The Sims 4 base game is finally like free. Because they realize oh, they can okay. just keep selling more of the add-on junk, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, the trinkets, yeah. <laughs> and so the game yeah, is pretty that's, old that's, at this point. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah it's, I mean, it's been out for, I mean, I remember, you know, when the, like that, that you know, Green Diamonds, like that was a very popular um, cosplay. You just had to throw like that, you know, above your head. But uh, yeah, it's been out for a while, but still going. Um, I don't think this one's a surprise. It's, it's a PC-centric game, but... I'm just surprised that there's this many people that actually fired up Half-Life 2, uh, which is a very old game at this point on the Steam Deck. But it's, you know, it's Valve and, you know, all these people own uh, uh, Half-Life 2. Uh, Cuphead, which is just, again, one that I just kind of don't think of PC uh, when I think of this. Um, Call of Duty is kind of runs that gamut of, uh, you know, going kind of through everything. So now we get into the 70s, and we got Borderlands 3, which I've always seen as like an everywhere game. Uh, High on Life, which surprised me a little bit because this one's relatively new. It's that one from the uh, the Rick and Morty um, uh, uh, creator or creators. Yeah. Ho- hopefully not the one who's recently been in some hot water. Um, Disco Elysium, 
um, which is I, I've told you before. I I I love the art of this game. It's very kind of I don't want to say Blade Runnery, but it's got like cyberpunk elements and like you know mystery and uh, you know it's point and click adventure kind of stuff. And I own it, and it's just something that. By the time I sit down to play something, it's like, oh, I'm, I want to play Destiny or something. So I will get to Disco Elysium. I just got to make my way through it. Um, we're, we're up to 69 here, so we're make, we'll make some quick progress here. I, I feel bad that this didn't end up being the, the the game that Kelsey wanted, but we got Gotham Knights listed on here. So DC knows you slap Batman on something. They're going to sell some copies. <laughs> but as a to make it up to you, Kelsey... Number 62, you're going to love your your PC brethren for this one. Persona 4 Golden. Uh, now, uh, now, again, I'm not surprised to see this on the list, but to see it twice as high as Mass Effect Legendary, Halo Infinite, you know, like, and all, and, you know, almost twice as high as Forza, Resident Evil, Death Stranding, I think that's pretty good numbers for or Persona 4. Uh, and, and it only came out... Uh, I don't think it came out more than a few months ago, to be honest. Because remember, like it was at the end of the year that it kind of the catalog kind of got pushed out to like non Sony platforms. I think it was like January. Well, I can that see it came out, so. the group of people that are into that are the group of people that mm-hmm. are willing to spend money on it again. You know, and, and yep, and thinking again back to kind of like the way I'm trying to frame this whole thing is like the way the console space has influenced the PC space. So. I feel like there's a lot of PC gamers that also have a console, right? Because I don't think they're like, you know, I do think there's some that only have a PC. I don't know how big that group is. I can imagine there's probably a lot of people that probably do PC Switch. Yes, 100%. I think PC Switch is huge because PC has so much kind of crossover and cross through. But what it doesn't have is the Nintendo stuff. I also can kind of see, and if only because that's kind of the way I was for a long time, I kind of can see PC, Xbox, even though you would think, well, aren't you, you know, just, you have the same stuff on both. Why would you do that? And it's kind of like because of the synergy, because of the cross save, because I can play on my PC and have the same progress on my... Exactly. Yeah, yep. So that was the last piece of that. Mm-hmm. So because of the cross save where like I can start on my PC, continue on my Xbox to your point, because of Game Pass Ultimate, because Game Pass has been combined with Xbox Live. So if you're an Xbox Live customer, hey, do you want Xbox Game Pass for PC? Of course you do. Do you have a laptop? Of course you do. You're a PC guy. So like now you've got several devices. So like I do see the synergy there. So it got me thinking, well, if there are people that had like PC and Xbox because of that synergy and they had a switch for the stuff they couldn't get because it's like, well, you're like, you know, between the Xbox and the then the PlayStation, I got the Xbox. I'm really wondering if it's that specific crew, that that niche uh, that is like. Now I can play all the Sony stuff, you know, like all the stuff that hasn't been uh, not Sony stuff, but all the stuff that hasn't been on the things that I have before. And that's kind of what I think is maybe pushing the personas of the world. And you'll see what else uh, gets even even higher on here. Um, So that's 62. uh, If my, you know, organizing of this non numbered list is correct. Uh, We had Forza Horizon 4 up in the 80s. We now have Forza Horizon 5 uh, rounding out number 60, which Again, I think makes perfect sense, but I do think it's interesting that this is Forza Horizon 5 being played on Steam, meaning it was purchased there, meaning it could. this is not the Game Pass right. version. 
So if you had the Game Pass version, you know, you would you wouldn't show up as a Steam player on this. So I I do think that's uh, uh, interesting. This one I'm not super surprised at because it's not a terribly expensive game. Shredder's Revenge at 58, uh, which is uh, you know solid little throwback. My kids really enjoy it. There's a lot to unlock in that if you uh, are an unlocky type player. So here we come up with another big-ish Sony game that sometimes I forget about because it's just not on my regular radar is Days Gone, um, which uh, I don't know, again, how big it is. Like, it's not something that I would have thought about, but here we are, you know, like halfway through the... And not just, you know... I'm sure Sony would be happy to too. try to just get any more money out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> However they can. Yep, whatever they well, can do. They, they want that that hole to be a little less deep. Yeah, that. Um, uh, so in Days Gone, I think of, uh, you know, like some of the demos, some of like the things that have been shown at trade shows. And it's like, oh, that looks like kind of cool. And like, you know, I, I it, played it, it for like where, an hour and a half and went, yeah, nope. Yeah, that, that's where it kind of died for me. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's <laughs> there, there's always a little following, but. Uh, it was pretty uh, cheap at so some the, point. And then at 55, we got another game that you would think is like a quintessential PC game that I definitely don't begrudge anyone for firing up on their Steam Deck, even though I prefer the second game, uh, Portal. Portal 1, 55. So, That's one of those evergreen I, I, games, I think. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what I forget about Portal 1 is how short it is. I'm not a one-game session, you know, beat-a-game guy. It's, I mean, unless you, like there's a fire at the place that you're at, you're going to beat this game in one sitting. It's, it's just not a long game. Yeah. Um, Portal two is much, much longer. Um, so, and, and the only reason I put this next one on here is because we're talking about that, that console influence. And you mentioned Sega before Sonic frontiers. Um, and it's one of these things that I, you know, when I think Sonic, you know, for the longest time you thought Sega, and I don't know if anyone thinks of any brand of hardware when they think of Sonic now, I think it's just all over the place now, right? Sonic, uh, I think Sega has learned to just plaster Sonic everywhere that's humanly possible. And yep. those people that love that stuff will find it however they like. <laughs> yep. And we talked about those movies when we talked about, you know, uh, video game movies before. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I love or hate either one of them. They were, you know, little romps that like, you know, we watched and they're done. But, uh, it does make me sad for the days in my life when Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Sonic Knuckles and Sonic CD were like just some of the best things that I had available to me. So uh, I think that's the, the, the piece that, that you know hurts my heart a little bit. Uh, so we're almost halfway. We're at 53 with a game that has been at the top of my Steam Deck wish list for a long time. I just can't bring myself to spend the money that they're still asking for it. Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. Oh. I actually kind of thought this would be a little bit higher, but this is uh, specifically Remake Integrade, so maybe that has something to do with it. They're still asking for like $70 for this game new, and it goes on sale, and you can get it for 40 bucks. I'm sorry, 40 bucks for a game that's, what, three, four years old at this point? Like Square maybe. knows it Absolutely. can abuse the Final Fantasy VII fans. It just knows yep. it can, and, and they'll as, keep paying as, it. As, yeah, as has been evident, not only with their game prices that we've talked about with the Pixel remasters, but also their uh, vinyl record releases through the Square Enix US and Japan stores. Holy cow, what they are asking for records and then shipping. Well, and I thought 
They were asking so much for shipping. I thought, wait a minute, I have gone to the Japan store by mistake. Oh no, wait, they want seventeen dollars to ship a record. You just have to know, like, okay, again, like when Sony, I mean, when Square can produce a series of sixteen thousand dollar masterpiece sculptures from Final mm. Fantasy games, and they sell them all. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's just me complaining being a slightly cheap person because, as we've said before, you know, there's something like in my brain where I'm like, oh, I, I can't, I can't, you know, spend that much for a game that's that old. And at the end of the day, if I just spent the 40 bucks, I'd never think about it again. I would just play the game and it wouldn't be a concern. So maybe I'm like losing that money in sanity uh, by waiting so long. And here we are. One of uh, this is my jersey number in hockey, and it's one of your favorite games uh, in at least you know, I think in recent memory. So I wanted to bring up New Vegas. Yeah, there's enough New Vegas uh, uh, love out there still going. Uh, uh, it's 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 remarkable. Oh, um, the, Plenty uh, of people feel that that's it's the best Fallout. Absolutely, yeah. I actually I downloaded it on the Steam Deck with every intention of playing it. I had started Fallout 3 again because I just hadn't, you know, played it in a while. So I actually ended up putting, you know, my New Vegas playthrough on pause just to play a little bit more of that. But I do plan on going back to it because, as I've said before, I got, like, glitched out of it before it really kind of got patched. And I lost so much progress. And I was like, uh, I didn't feel like starting the game over again. But enough time has passed. Um, so this is another one that I feel is kind of like, you know, runs the gamut, but I just wanted to mention Jedi Fallen Order because I really enjoyed it. Um, Shadows Die Twice, halfway through the list, Sekiro, number 50. Kind of surprises me a little bit, to be honest. Um, yeah, how so? Because I, I think Sekiro benefits hugely from the FromSoft pedigree. I think if this game had come out from another company, I wonder how well it would have done. Um, oh, so you're so you're saying overall, or just referring to the Steam Deck and Steam uh, overall? Um, okay. Not that I think it's a bad game, and I enjoyed okay. it, but so, the level yeah. of difficulty and how it plays, yeah, I think it gets a huge halo effect from from other from just being from just the the aware the social awareness that people know okay i got gotcha. you yep. yep i think if it was cool. of its own out floating in the ether i don't know if it would yeah i don't know just my thoughts yeah interesting so i remember mentioning that i thought this game looked really cool to you guys on the show and i said maybe i'll give it a try at one point and you guys both laughed and said bill we love you uh this game is not for you <laughs> so i watched some gameplay and i thought it was really impressive and cool um but uh, yeah i did not play it i this is where I, I would never advocate for an easy mode for like um a dark souls or an elden ring i don't think it needs it mm -hmm. i don't think mm -hmm. the skill cap is as high as people make it out to be Sekiro mm -hmm. has a high skill cap, mm -hmm. and I I kind of you know I hate to say this, but I think that game could have benefited from an easier mode just so more people could enjoy it. Because right. I think if it wasn't so punishing, I think you mm -hmm. would like it. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't know if you're willing to deal with the amount of frustration 
you're going to have to go through to get there. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so I'm going to have to get my, uh, I, I assume the game is, is, is Japanese in its lore. Uh, Very. Okay. So I'm going to have to get my Japanese gaming from the ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. I've started that game. I would say if you find Sekiro cheap somewhere, Mm -hmm. or maybe like an Xbox copy or something you use cheap, you might try it for a little bit just to, you you might surprise us. And you know what does happen from time to time? Because, you know, obviously PC isn't a a space where like, you know, uh, you know, it's not like what you said, like, oh, this is like the game with gold. I guess it does kind of happen with the Epic games, but like Steam doesn't ever like give free games away. But what happens fairly regularly is you will have free weekends. And sometimes it's a game where it's like if exactly why you said, like for people who are like, you know, oh, man, I've always been curious about this game. Let me give it a shot. And then, you know, it leads to sales, which reminds me of a funny TikTok that I saw that I'm sure that you haven't seen because you're not in the platform. And it's like a guy with like a whiteboard and he's like explaining. He's like, okay, so like when your game first comes out, it's full price. And then a little while later, you can lower the price a little bit. And the reason why this doesn't like lose you money is because like the people who were going to buy it when it came out bought it. And now the sales have slowed down. And now there's people who are like, I'll get it when it's a deal. And now you can do that. And then like a year later, like all the people who were going to play. So if you lower the price, you're making more money overall. More people are playing the game, more brand, like every, it's a great big thing. Sure. And they're, and it's like one guy talking to like Sony and he's like, okay, talking to Microsoft. Okay. And then he's like, Nintendo, you with me? And Nintendo's like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Nintendo be like, we'll just make the game awesome first. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want the awesome game, you'll just have to pay for it. Yep. Here it is. Here it is. It's Super Mario Odyssey, uh, fifty nine ninety nine in perpetuity. <laughs> yes, that's that's we talked about. Like that's why when you see like some of those uh, uh, Switch games on sale, like Black Friday or whatever, it's like forty dollars and ten dollars off, twenty dollars yeah. off. It's like, like that's a super <gasps> sale. Forty dollars yeah. for a Nintendo this game. Never, this never happens. So all right, so we're we're past the fifty mark. So we got a couple of Sony's right in a row here. You got uh, Spider Man Miles Morales at forty nine, mm, which I you know, same I not surprised at all. I'd, I'd kind of expect it to be lower to be honest. And then I wrote down Uncharted four. It's actually that weirdly named Uncharted Legacy of Thieves. Um, honestly, like it's uh, who's naming a game? Uh, I, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. The same so, people yeah, that went, weird. it will confuse people if we jump from Final Fantasy 2 to Final Fantasy 6. Yeah, <laughs> do it. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so now, and this next one, I just wanted to throw it in here because it's such like a, a PC thing, and it's something that I forget about until I'm in the PC space. Dwarf Fortress. I do not believe this has been ported to anything. Dwarf Fortress is a, oh man, it's I think it's like a tower defense uh, kind of game. Um, and it's just insanely popular in the PC space. There's like little Twitch spaces that are kind of dedicated to it. It's almost like an interlude type game. Got 15, 20 minutes. Like, oh, you can throw it on. Anyone can play it, but it's like super deep. Um, here we got Portal 2. We got Hollow Knight, which is, again, one of those things I just kind of don't associate with PC. Uh, the new, uh, the return to Monkey Island. Uh, the uh, like remaster slash remake. Yeah. Um, and he, so, and some of the games that I never think about as PC, but sports games are making a bit of a comeback because it used to, for years, Madden's not on PC, NBA's not on PC, NHL's not on PC, 
Madness come back to PC in a big way and uh, NBA 2K3. So here we have NBA 2K3 at number 39. Um, this is a bit surprising, this next one, 37, just because when you're talking before about the um, being able to play this game requires, it doesn't require a big screen, but it certainly benefits from a bigger screen. It doesn't need to be keyboard and mouse, but like you would think that like, you know, the reaction timing for a game like this. So Apex Legends, which is like a fast paced, you know, competitive, I guess they call it like a hero shooter. Um, but yeah, like 37th um, on the top 100, you know, Steam Deck games. So like whenever I think about playing a first person shooter on Steam Deck, um, Fallout's not an issue because if I have to resort to VATS, I can. And it's still relaxing enough. It's not like, you know, 99% combat or like a, like a shooter like this is. But yeah, I guess I, whenever I see like a first-person shooter on there, it's why I've hesitated to install Bioshock Infinite on the Steam Deck, even though I'd really, really, really like to play it again. I really think it would be something I'd enjoy more if I had, you know, bigger screen, keyboard, mouse type deal. I'm so. going to imagine that's price situations. I don't know. I can't prove it, but... People that probably game on PC and on Steam Deck, right? Like, I want to play it mostly on my PC platform, but sometimes I'm away and I want to keep playing this because I'm in a competitive place. This is a a great point, and I don't know if it happens in Apex, but I'll tell you that I, as a Destiny player, there's a daily reset and then there's a weekly reset, and at these times you can grab, you know, updated bounties, like stuff like that. for a long time, when you sat down to play the game, you had to spend five to ten minutes just going and collecting all the bounties so you could like get your experience from and stuff like that. So everyone had a uh, was the Google platform that died a Stadia. <laughs> everyone had a Stadia account because the game was free. So you would log into Stadia like at work, grab all your bounties, and then leave. Like so, everyone logged in on Stadia. No one played on Stadia. Yeah. So I wonder if it's that similar Could thing be. where like they jump in on the deck and they're like, okay, let me get my loadouts and get this and uh, like a quick garbage match. Who cares? But then, yeah, they're mostly playing somewhere else. I'd be curious to, to see the, the playtime on there. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, Apex Legends. And shout out to Kelsey. And uh, I believe also our good buddy uh, Grey Ghost uh, is a big fan of this one. Another Persona game. We got Persona 3. Uh, at 36, so yeah, even higher than uh, uh, than I would uh, number probably four. Probably guess that's because a lot of the people on PC probably never played it before. Very possibly because it's not and new, I, and it was like what PS2 and PSP or something. And P and PSP, yeah. Because like, I think the technical name of this one is Persona 3 Portable. So I think this is the PSP yeah. port, which came out after the PS2 one. Yeah. Uh, but hold on to your butts. That's not the last Persona game on this no, list. Five, we haven't mentioned <laughs> so, five yet. So Haven't mentioned Royale with cheese, yeah. and you know it's coming. So number 35, this is very impressive because this is a very recently released game. The Dead Space remake uh, was uh, uh, a little surprised to see this on EA here. again. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is, this is uh, speaking of like they really want everyone using their launcher, but they did launch this game on Steam. To Chris's point, why? They're not stupid. They know where the money is. They know people are spending money on Steam. Could they pull it at some point and just put it on their platform alone? Yeah, but they put it on Steam. Good for them. I mean, these guys have learned that it's a monopoly. And until the government yeah. decides to do something about it, they don't really have much choice. Yeah. Yep. 
So uh, I'm happy to tell you about the number 31 on this list. We're getting to the, the bottom third. Tactics Ogre Reborn. Way to go, PC people. I Approved, could see yep. this would be a great game for Steam Deck because, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it doesn't require fast inputs or anything else. Yep. It's very uh, take and go. And, uh, yeah, I would see this would be a perfect fit for that kind of a platform. Yep. Yep. I didn't I didn't mention it earlier in the list because I was trying to skew towards um, a console, but higher up on the list we had Civilization Six, and I didn't mention it because it's like, well, yeah, you expect on PC, but 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 man, when you realize that like you know even though it's like small, yeah, you can zoom in on that. It's touchscreen. You can play one turn and put it to sleep. So yeah, uh, made a lot of sense. So yeah, so after Tactics Ogre Reborn, we have the. very good, but no new Vegas Fallout Four, yeah. um, which I don't see as a uh, as a big surprise. Mm-hmm. I think that's another one of those games we talked about that kind of like runs the gamut and is kind of played everywhere. I never got super into Dead Cells, but I wanted to mention it here because I thought it was impressive that it was this high on the list. Um, but again, being anything two D, right, just kind of like lends itself. I, I really think to like that form factor and just uh, you know Metroidvania style. Yeah. Uh, at, at 27, you're you're stealing my heart with Skyrim, uh, and very appropriate because I've put quite a bit of time of uh, of my own into Skyrim. This one surprised me a bit. I would have thought that Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade would have been higher than Crisis Core Reunion, but number 21. I mean, I know it's more recently released. Yeah, but this you have to but... deal with Crisis Core. Is that game mm. only came out on PSP? So the original, uh, okay. so, yeah. so many people never got a chance to play that game. Yeah, so it's possible that there are people who are jumping onto this. Who, yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that point. So yeah, Crisis Core, uh, and now rounding out the uh, the top twenty, uh, a game that I kind of forget exists until I talk to people who adore it, and I see them play it all the time. Like when you you know when you log on, it's like oh, Chris is playing uh, Binding of Isaac Reborn or Rebirth, whatever it's called. I've tried it a few times. Hey, good for you if you love it, but it's yeah. In my head, though, that's a very PC game. Really, mm-hmm. that's that's interesting because I, I there's I've maybe just because anecdotally like, I've got like a couple friends. I'm telling you, I log on and they are playing Binding of Isaac, but yeah, I could see that being known as a PC thing. And here we go. Here's our first Sony uh, game in the top twenty. You got God of War. So this is not the Rag of the Rock. Um, this is the you know remake of the previous one, uh, which I think is is great. That uh, and this is the kind of piece that proves, you know, if not proves to me, at least lends some some credence to the fact that I don't think that there was a ton of PlayStation PC gamer crossover before this because. I feel like, you know, you might have seen like this God of War or like the Uncharted games like on the list, but like not not this high. So I do think it's probably part of Sony's uh, research that this is, you know, kind of something that was worth doing. I think this probably benefits a lot from I think Sony's approach to PC has been, well, we don't want to cannibalize our console devices we're making. So just wait like five years and then put it on PC. So. Now yeah. it gets a resurgence on PC because a lot of people are like, I'm not a PlayStation gamer, but they've heard about it being yeah. so good, and now it's finally here. Okay, now I'll play it, right? 
Yeah. And I don't know if it's wishful thinking, but I don't think it, it hurts that like, hey, guys, what if we put out God of War like just before or like right around the same time that Ragnarok is going to sure. come out? So but you're not going to get now Ragnarok you have, on PC day and day. No, no. No, but like I don't, and, and you're not gonna get a ton of people buying the PlayStation Five like just to play this but they game. Hope but there at the will same be some, time, right? But like you know, if somebody was on the fence, if that PC gamer was on the fence, you know, like and again, that mean that means more to Sony being that hardware company. Like that's just another one, and uh, uh, another. I know it's anecdotal and everything, but I was at Costco the other day, and uh, so you guys remember the story that when. Um, uh, uh, engineer Mike uh, made the decision like I'm not getting a PlayStation until I can walk into a store and get one found one it was the, the Ragnarok bundle for the first time in my existence uh, I walked into a store I saw the PlayStation 5 God of War Ragnarok bundle it was at a Costco yeah not so hard to get anymore. it's no yeah it's 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 out there so and um, honestly I could see I mean, I'm sure, you know, Gucci, Master Race, whatever, you know, uh, meme that's going on. But for me, if I'm a PC gamer, making picking up a PlayStation 5, if I really want to play it, it's not a big deal. Because the cost of a PlayStation 5 is what some of you guys spend on, like, a graphics card. The it's it's I, And that's a really, really good point to go down that. A uh, little bit of that rabbit hole is it used to be, you know, like, if you had, like, the bulk of your machine set up, like... CPU sockets change, you know, not super regular, like fairly regular, but you can get away with getting, you know, like a, a processor socket will go for like a number of years. The the RAM slot, you know, DDR4 has been around for a bit. It's probably going to be around for a little while longer. The ATX, you know, is the same. There's so many things that like the core of your system really can go for a while or you could upgrade like individual parts. And it was really just the graphics card, like every few years. Okay. You know, spend three to four hundred dollars on a graphics card, equivalent of the console, but like you could kind of push it a while longer. Obviously, pandemic and crypto and like all the the stuff uh, surrounding that happened, and the graphics cards have become easier to obtain. The prices have come down somewhat, nowhere near the reality of where I think they need to be to be like you know a, a regular market. Besides, like you know, like trust fund kids, it is to the point where. If my graphics card died, I would just not be a PC gamer for a while. Like it's it's that it's bad. It's silly so, yeah, when you can buy a whole PlayStation Five for the cost of a yeah. card. Less, less, yeah. I mean, so if you if you really want to hold out for like a thirty eighty or forty eighty, I mean, it's not going to be less than eight hundred or a thousand dollars. Yeah, to me, I mean, that's what that's the barrier that's always going to keep me at bay, right? Yeah. I'm just like, to you're going to have to push and, really hard because. I mean, again, like I could, I could yeah. buy one console, and, and it'll last and me seven o- years, and it's five hundred dollars. And over the years, like the gap has just continued to close. the 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 performance uh, ratio yeah. of console to PC has just, got, even though PC keeps getting better, the it's it gets closer and closer. And all the other technologies, where it's like, you know what, it doesn't have to be you know, max resolution all the time. We can do adaptive uh, resolution. We can do but, adaptive frames. We Yeah, the issue I think gets to be is that PC used to be like this vanguard and yeah. console was another space. Yeah. Now the roles, I think, have flipped as much to where the reason that's not happening is because 
they want to keep those games on console, right? So mm. we're not going to, since we can't push ultra stuff on the console, we're going to build it for that level and then you'll get it on PC. Yeah, you'll get yeah. some tweaks to make it a little better, but we're not building for you. We're building yeah. for the console. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it is kind of crazy how it shifted. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, the, the price of hardware, especially graphics cards, is still just a bit of a sore subject because I'm lucky that my graphics card is gone for quite a while. I'm still getting over, you know, probably like 60 to 90 frames. Um, I run an ultra-wide monitor, so it's a little bit more taxing, but I have not run into a problem yet where I'm like, because I have a gaming laptop with a 1060 in it, which is not as good of a card. And... Most of the time I'll get like, you know, 35 to 45, maybe 50 frames on that, but it will dip below 30. And when it dips below 30, it just takes me back to like before the series um, consoles came out, Destiny on console was locked at 30 frames. And that was just across the board. That was their decision. I forget what if they had a reason for it. As soon as the series came out and the update came out that like brought it to 60, it was like, oh, man. Man, just just having sixty frame Destiny on a console was a huge deal, and like when I when that happens, like I get like PTSD flashbacks of like oh, Don't take this me is back. before this is the before time. No, we can't do this. So yeah, it's uh, and for a little while, you remember I was like in the market for a graphics card, and it was like I I can't I can't. There are there are, name any number of other things in the world that I would rather spend that money on, everything comes before a graphics card. Yeah, <laughs> and it's tough to go everything. to your family and go, you know this yeah. other stuff that you would love? You can't have it because I'm going to go buy this big graphics card. Yeah. No, yeah. you I mean, can't like, do that. Like, like, yeah, like like a week, uh, and and literally anything, a weekend trip, you know, braces, you know, yeah. like just, just pick something out of a hat. Yeah anything is more d- valuable or desirable than a graphics Especially card, again, so. when you can buy a console for $500 yeah. and you're going to yep. get seven years worth out. Yeah. And it looks awesome. Yeah, plenty so. good enough. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and, and I don't see, I don't even like saying good enough because there's almost like a subtext that it doesn't look good. It looks oh, awesome. Sure. The visuals on, uh, uh, um, Last of Us Part Two, which isn't even a PS5 game, were unbelievable. And then God of War Ragnarok, as I'm starting to see like the the graphics kind of roll up a bit, like honestly unbelievable. So yeah, that was yeah, it was a it was it was a great great point. I like that a lot. Um, and if Kelsey were here, he would really like number seventeen, Octopath Traveler Two. Um, Those are which, perfect uh, kind of game for the Steam Deck. I, that's what I was just going to say, lends itself very well to the form factor, the gameplay style, play it a little, oh, you're in line a little bit, you got to grind, you got to do some levels, you got to, you know, advance the story a little bit, put it down, put it away, great, Yeah, because these are the people where, you know, there's a certain subset of people that are going to play that game on the Switch, and a certain yep. people that are going to play that on the Steam Deck, but both have yep. the same idea, it's just which one do you yep. use regularly. Exactly, yep. So this is one that I like to mention from time to time. Even though it didn't click with me, uh, my middle son played it today, and he really likes it. He's playing a lot of games that are like resource um, resource gathering games. Um, he's playing one called Astro Near yeah, recently. My kids played that, that one uh, for a while. Yep. Yeah. So and just any kind of game that's like that. 
it's not really like Minecraft, but like you are gathering resources and you're it's it's kind of like Minecrafty Pikmin-y type stuff where you're trying to like repair your ship and like move on. So my middle guy was playing No Man's Sky today for quite a little while. It's the same kind of game for grown-ups, <laughs> basically. Yep. yep. So I like I tried it just as like you know a year or so ago when like I realized how far it had come and people were talking great about it and they were comparing it to Destiny as far as like not great when it came out but oh man they put a lot of work into it and now it's one of the best in the genre so I played it a little bit knew exactly what it was appreciate you for what you are not what I'm looking yeah. for but glad I gave it a try but seeing my my middle guy play Astroneer I was like you know. I really wonder if you might like this. There's a lot going on, but then when he fired it up, to my surprise, it kind of loads up, and it's it, there's been more updates since I played it, and it gives you a choice. It's like it's a lot like Minecraft, where it's like you know creative or survival. It's like, hey, you want relaxed mode? Do you want? And he was like, oh, relaxed. And then there's wildlife in it, and he walks up to me. He's, oh, is is that guy a bad guy? He's gonna hit me? And I'm like, no, it's just like real life. Like sometimes there's just deer. You know, and they're around and they'll see you and they'll run away. And he's like, oh, this is so cool. So, but yeah, No Man's Sky is 15. Um, and so this, this was something that was originally a Sony exclusive, so but it, but it came to pretty much everything within the last couple of years. But yeah, 15. It's very high. So 14, which is a game that doesn't surprise me. Only thing that surprised me about this is I would have assumed that most people play this on Switch to your point about, um, uh, Octopath, which like you know, like where you're gonna play it, Stardew Valley, uh, doesn't surprise me at all. Fits the fits the form factor extremely well. Pop it open, you know, like tend your garden or you know, like whatever it is you do in that. My wife's uh, recently rediscovered it, mm -hmm. so good for her. Um, I cannot believe the legs that this game has on it. Number twelve, GTA Five. Yes. How how are people? still playing G at this level like i see i see random clips where you know people play gta 5 online they do car meetups they do hey look how cool i can fly through you know the air and do stunts like i get it but i don't get it 35 years later how are people still playing this game so these much? games have never been for me so i don't understand yeah. it period but again you know hey Crazy. exactly <sighs> knock your if you're into it awesome out. it is it is so impressive to me that it has been this high on like, you know, most playlists for so long. And it's one of the speaking of you're speaking of Twitch, <laughs> Twitch niche niches in Twitch. Like if you can go to Twitch anytime and just, you know, oh, show me my game. Show me GTA five. The amount of activity that's out there. So, man, good for them. Uh, so that's number 12. Uh, number 11 is a relatively uh, uh, recent game. I think Kelsey had uh, said he recently played this is uh, Stray. Oh, yeah, yeah, the cat game. Which I could definitely see that. Um, I'd, I'd love to grab a copy. It's still in the 20-ish dollar range, which isn't bad at all. I, I do believe 10 is my personal you know, point of entry for that one. So here we are. Um, we're down to the top 10. So we've we've made it this far. Perhaps you're willing to go a little further. So, Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, not a surprise that it's on this list. I'm a little surprised that it's higher than Miles Morales, but again, Spider-Man was like the game, the kind of like rebirth of Spider-Man in video game form. Whereas a lot Miles, of nostalgia hits e going on there. E e even though it wasn't quote unquote like you know a 
what do they call it negatively when like an upgrade is packaged as a full game? I forget, but like, do you remember when um, Gran Turismo, what was the demo that they sold people? Oh, Prelude. Yes. Yeah. So it was, and people were like, well, I mean, the bad news is they sold us a Wasn't demo, it? but the good Something news like is it, it wasn't, yeah. yeah, it was like pro, prologue maybe. So, something like yeah, that. Yeah, one one of something like that. But I think like the the joke was like, well, the bad news is they sold us a demo and the good news is it was only 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't full a full price game. So, I feel like when Miles Morales was showed, people were like, "Oh, it's a new Spider-Man game." And then someone well. from Sony was like, "Well, it's like extra story and it's like missions and skins and it's like, "Oh, wait, so it's an expansion?" But then well. it was this very weird like, <laughs> "Oh, no, that no, we're not talking about it." So like well, we kind of wanted really to just oddly, sell you the same thing again. <laughs> yeah, it was really oddly. Well, I think what it was is I think originally they were like it was just going to be included. They were going to give it away and it was going to like come with new copies of Spider-Man. And they were like, no, we can't do that. We got to sell Spider-Man and Miles. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a marketing. Mess. Yes. But, yeah, Spider-Man 2 made it in the top 10. So did Red Dead Redemption 2, which is less of a surprise than GTA 5. Yeah. This one surprises me a bit, especially um, think when I think that uh, I feel like most people in the PC space, which is what we're talking about, bought Cyberpunk 2077 on the uh, good old games or GOG uh, um, platform because it's owned by CD Projekt Red, and I believe it was the only place you could pre-order the game before it came out. It eventually came to Steam. So again, like we were saying before with, I forget, like Mass Effect or something else. So this is not like all cyberpunk players. This is just the ones that bought the game on Steam. Yeah, but for the Steam Deck. We're specifically talking about Steam Deck stuff. So I can see why they would buy it through Steam to play on the Steam Deck. Absolutely, yeah. So man, number I I would not expect cyberpunk to be number seven for the last year. So good for them for, for turning that around. And here we are. We knew it was going to be in here. Persona 5, Royale with Cheese. Uh, so another one that I think I'm not super surprised to see it. But really, when you think about like, you know, so you got Spider-Man, you got Red Dead, you got Persona. Like These are all like what you would probably consider console-y type games. And they're in the top 10. Yeah. And again, you said it's because of the form factor. They fit it very, very well. Um, but yeah, I'm... I, these are kind of what what threw me when I first started looking at this list in the first place. Yeah, I I think the issue just gets to be is what we're seeing is um, gamers just like particular games, and the platform mm-hmm. is not always the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometime in the past, PC games were built very differently than console games were I've built. Seen- yeah. Right? They just I were just not constructed and... the same way. Yep. Yeah. And, and and when you saw a port, it had to like complete like like civilization. No, it had to be civ revolution. Like the control isn't the sure. same. The view isn't like, the same. Yeah. Everything in the old different. days. I mean, Diablo. If, you know, if uh, PC games even considered a controller, it wasn't very good. I mean, yeah, there was. It just was built I, for I, a PC yeah. interface. Yeah, and I was hoping that would come up too because one thing we've seen, or it's been going on for a while, but it's even more so is you could always hook up, you know, like a, an Xbox controller to a PC, whether it was wired or through like the wireless adapter. But what I what you started to see 
a, really a while ago was the developers realizing this was happening and adding the icons for the console controller buttons in the game. And that was, it seems like a very small detail, but it was huge to be in the game and not to have to translate. Oh, I have to press. The R key is actually right trigger. Okay. Uh, Yeah. You you know exactly where I was going with that. And it's, it's to the point where like, it is, it's so ubiquitous now that when a game doesn't do that it's like what were they thinking it doesn't have that and really it's it should be done for the dual sense 5 as well because it's as used uh i think on the pc um as the uh, the xbox or the you know the the uh, xbox controllers are yeah i think that's just we've just gaming has been around long enough it's Mm -hmm. not in that infantile stage of a medium anymore yeah. Um, kind of like when you saw, like with film, right? Like, uh, yeah. there was a process for film to kind of find what it was and how it operated. And I think mm. we're getting to that level of gaming, right? There's enough people that have right. have spent enough of their life now, right? It's, it, it, right? You know, I'm still in the space where it was new when I was in my lifetime, right? And now most right. players, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it. everything is kind of just merging into gaming, and the platform yeah. matters less and less. Yep. Um, yeah. And I would imagine at some point in time the platform will go away. Yeah. Um, kind of so like too. why you know if I want to watch a, a movie, I don't have to make sure I've got a Betamax player and not a VHS, yep. right? I mean. Yep. Nobody would do that. I mean, I think people are frustrated enough these days that they have to go to five different streaming services to watch a, a movie. Yeah. I Honestly, I'm shocked that, I mean, there's services like Just Watch and, you know, like things where, you know, you can like kind of aggregate all your accounts and have one view and everything. But like, I'm shocked that someone hasn't stepped into that space and been like, hey, you put all your logins here and we give you a view of all of the stuff. You only have to come to this interface. Yeah, it's and probably just because the content providers would destroy oh, yep. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or security wise, or yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's many like, they don't want, you know, uh, everything funneling. Th- yeah. There's, uh, there's definitely reasons, but man, uh, the, an argument I see a lot is like, didn't we get away from, you know, cable to like save money and now there's as many streaming services where it's like more expensive than cable. And my thought back to that is always, it wasn't always the price for me. It was the fact that it was not on my time, not on my schedule. Everything's like programmed and I could search through channels for like two hours, not find anything. And I was constantly like picking stuff to record. And then like, so to me, it was always about the convenience of, I have this service, I load it up, I tell it what I want to watch, it comes on. I just want less looking and more watching yeah and i guess my return to that argument at any point with time would be did you just wake up and realize we're in a capitalist country i mean duh yes every company is going yeah here let me tell you if you you, don't know already every company is going to try to get as much money out of you as you can as they can i i hope that's not a revelation for anybody that's yeah. I didn't realize I didn't I didn't realize the market was going to try to adjust. <laughs> right. I, I can't believe these companies would like to take more of my money. Um, yeah. so, but you know, the, the, and, and the, I would say yeah. as well, if you don't like that, you don't need it. There's still yeah. over the air broadcast. You can go to your yeah. library, 
and you can get movies for free. It's not as convenient. You're paying them for the convenience. Right. That's your choice. So it's, it's, I don't know what movie it was, but I saw a clip come across one of my feeds recently and it was Jesse Eisenberg and Jason uh, Seagal. I think it's how you say it on the one from how I met your mother. And um, I don't know what movie it is, but, Eisenberg asks, and the, uh, Jason Segal's character is very like a long hair bandana, is kind of like a hippie. And he says, he's in his house and he's like, Do you not have a television? And Jason's character is like, No, like I don't have a TV. And he says, can, can I ask why? And he says, Because if I had it, I would just watch it all the time. And if I didn't watch it all the time, it would be on all the time. Like some like weird source of warmth, like in the corner of my house. And like, we've done that before where we're like, you know what? We're not putting a bedroom in the TV because it would just be on all the time. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there's, I, I do think. Yeah, same thing here. We have like one like, TV in the house. Yeah. I, to, to your point, we're like, you know, if it's causing you distress, if it's causing you, you know, to not like just the fact nope that you're paying out. for it. <laughs> yeah. P- peace. And it's, probably a good decision yeah i mean that's um you know we've got a lot of streaming services i don't pay for them i've got friends that let me use things and if they told me tomorrow chris i gotta shut it off okay thank you for letting me use it so far yep i I don't think anyone from the streaming services is listening so i'll tell you we use someone else's netflix and if they change that policy where like you got like your home you know network has to check in i'd be like all right we're not good anymore (laughs) <laughs> I'll get it when I get it. Or uh, and I think Sarah gets, I think we get Hulu through like, it's like included with like her cell phone plan or something as like a benefit of Verizon. But if she decided one day, oh, I'm going to switch cell providers or if they say we're getting rid of that benefit. All right. Gone. Sure. Um, I really don't want to renew Amazon prime. I did. I, I don't want to give them any more. I, money. I let mine lapse I, about a year I, ago. I, I, I've talked to her about this and she's like, Oh, like, but you know, like, I do like, you know, the this and this. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing that we can't get a better deal on if we just want to wait like one extra day. You know, like it's so I'm, I'm I don't want to say I'm fighting that battle, but we're having that conversation right now because it's just something I don't think we. Need. Yeah. Um, but getting back and talking about this in gaming, I mean, I think this is moving to the same spot. We could say, OK. We could use that same argument with music. Remember back when everybody was doing Napster and LimeWire? Nobody was paying for any music. Uh, but yeah. do people pay for lots of music now? Sure they do. The company's adjusted. They figured it. They yep. figured out the code, and they went, yep. you'll pay this much, right? Just for the yeah. convenience. And people went, right. I'll give you a dollar for a song. Yeah. Uh, so gaming, right? Like you talk about like Steam sales or whatever, uh, again, that's why at some point in time the platform won't matter, and that's what mm-hmm. these things will devolve down into. Um, the only question I ever have to ask myself is, is that a journey I want to take? And sure. I, to me, at some point when I can't own things anymore, that's not a journey I want to take. And it's not to say that people shouldn't, or you can't. Mm-hmm. It's just not yeah. a journey I want to take. Uh, yeah, and we talked about that earlier with, like, uh, it's a decision I've made that I'm not going to do this for whatever reason sure. I want, and I'm totally fine with you enjoying whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, and, and I'll put it to this way, and, and this is not everyone's case, and um, I'm going to be selling some games off. I know you've sold some games off, and often you can do very well from that. And 
I can't sell my digital library to anybody. <laughs> nope. Not not until Microsoft gets involved and uh, so <laughs> as the broker in charge of the service fee. So with with take that, that for I think what that's it is. A great, yep. I think that's a great uh, uh, way to kick off the final five. Do you have any predictions for the final five? There's some heavy I'm gonna have to guess mentioned. we haven't heard Elden Ring yet. So that's gotta be in we there. We have not heard We've not heard Elden Ring. I'm yet. gonna guess that's gotta be in there. Outside of that, um, I don't know. I don't really have any other guesses, to be honest. Okay, okay. So there is a game. It is a one-word game that uh, Kelsey played recently. He had never really played this kind of game, and he loved it. And he played it over and over. Pong. And he would go for a run. Yeah, <laughs> uh, really close. Really close. I, I don't know. Number. F- Number five is Hades. Oh, Hades. I can see that. Yeah, my my middle kiddo was playing a lot of Hades and has now moved on That's to Hollow right. Knight. But, uh, That's right. Played you a lot of Hades. Yep. yep. Awesome. And then here it is. There's your prediction. Number four, Elden Ring. Not surprising. Su- surprising absolutely no one. Yeah, which so I this... think the interesting thing yep. more of, like, if you go back and rewind in time, like Dark mm-hmm. Souls was the, the first Dark Souls game came out on PC, like Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. It was like a Sony thing, yep. right? So yep, at yep. that time, from putting Dark Souls on a PC was kind of a, oh, that's a console game kind of thing back yeah. at that point in yeah. time. And it was not recorded as a very good port um, yes, cause it was new, because it was new to them. Yep, because then there was a, uh, the one I got was the Prepare to Die edition yes. um, because they had to like. Had to do some work. Re- really do some things. Yeah. But now we're to the point where probably people would say the best experience for Elden Ring is probably a, a higher end PC. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we, so this next one, number three is one that I think gets mentioned a lot when people mention Skyrim or someone's, oh, my favorite game Skyrim. And then people are like, uh, I'm really more of a fan of this game. I feel like that there's like a dividing line in this one. Well, it can't and be Morrowind. <laughs> so. No, no, no. It's made by a different company. Oh, okay. But like, I, I remember specifically being like, oh, I really, really like Skyrim. And then people would be like, oh, I'm more of a Witcher guy. Oh, Witcher. See, so I kind of blot that the, out of my mind because I just don't, I don't like those games. So I, so I had heard that Witcher one was really good, but it was a slow burn and very like obtuse and hard to get into. And I had heard from people like read the wiki on number one, just start on number two type deal. But number two is even a little hard to get into. I I don't know how long I tried two for. It wasn't for me. I've tried to start three a few times and people have said, yeah, like just kind of get through that intro and get into the open world. Um, And it's never stuck with me. I might give it like one more try. The thing that keeps making me go back is all of the comments whenever someone mentions uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt where people are like, absolute greatest game, my favorite thing I've ever played. And I have a neighbor, sorry, he's a dad of one of my kids' uh, best friends. It's like his favorite game all time. And I said, maybe I just need you to sit with me the way my father-in-law sat with me to like teach me the gameplay loop of Fallout 3 um, because I've never been able to get it to stick. And he's like, let me know. But yeah, Witcher 3, yeah, number three. To me, three. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a point in my life where time is precious and my entertainment is precious. I'll give you like an hour. And if you yeah. can't hook me with your gameplay and if you're wasting my time with videos and everything in that point in time, we're done. Yeah. We gotta move on. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 probably, that's probably overall because that, that's kind of how I have been. And, you know, for there's 
a few, just a handful of games that kind of like... I can't like, do that anymore where somebody goes, you just need yeah. to give it 10 hours. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. And I'm not gonna. Right. <laughs> it gets really good after... No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, and, and you know what that makes you? Smarter than me. No, just picky. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do that with your time, rock on. I just don't anymore. Yeah. Yep, I hear you. And I, and I think I'm trending that direction. So this might be something that eventually just falls off my plate. Uh, number two, there is no way in the universe that you nor Kelsey, if you were here, would guess Counter-Strike. It is not. It is not Counter-Strike. <laughs> I don't know. So That's this, the PC so thing this, that pops into my head. I, I went, Back when I was shopping for games, I, I Googled, oh, you know, like best Steam Deck games. And I know our buddy Rich doesn't like this term, but um, it was labeled as like a hidden gem because it really was. It was a game that like no one really knew about, but it was very, very good. And it's a game called Vampire Survivor. Oh, I've heard that so much, but I've never played I it. I haven't heard of this outside of, you know, what are some of the hidden gems or the best games on Steam Deck that no I've got a friend about. that's and been playing ex- it on Xbox. Yep. Right, a lot. And it's not ex- it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. It's um uh Yeah, it like it's, five, it's, ten bucks or something. It's like yeah, real cheap. Yeah, like five yeah, exactly. It's like I think it's like ten bucks regular, so it goes on sale for like four or five dollars. It's um it's a little hard to describe. If you watch a video, it's it's uh it's it almost is like a mix between like like a bullet hell because there's like a lot of enemies on the screen, like a la what's that game? Uh I forget it's it's like the like the bullet hell type um it was on game pa- I can't remember the name of it but um but yeah and it's it's kind of you know like that kind of pixel art uh kind of style and the whole thing about it is um it's a lot like um uh it's very important to it's it's um it's a roguelike so the the um parameters of the game are constantly shifting so you can't just like choose one guy and keep going it's like oh well this is happening okay i'm gonna need to change my build this way and basically like you're trying to like destroy as many things as you can so uh uh and every every person i've i've kind of listened to said it's really good is like it's one of those games that sneaks up on you where like you don't feel like you're getting it or like doing the right thing and then you start getting like okay well i understand that now and that now and then by the time you kind of like have like your head around hand like some of the systems and you know what you got to do, it's like oh man, it's four in the morning, you know, like it's it's just engaging in that way. So I have not uh, picked this up yet, but I was really shocked to see this. I mean, like again, if it's on the list, yeah, great, you know, it's got some word of mouth or whatever. But number two, yeah, that means it's really kind of in the zeitgeist. Yep, and I do think you know that price point doesn't oh, hurt, yeah. uh, but at the same time. Portal 2 is 99 cents, like, almost all of the time, so... Yeah, yeah, but you know how there's, like, buzz. I mean, like, we're, like, among us, Absolutely. right? Yep. Is There's a certain yeah. buzz level, and then, okay, yeah. well, I just gotta play it. It's, like, $5. I'll play it. Yeah, and you know what? You know what could have happened, for real? Like, that a video could have come out, like, you know, Steam Deck Hidden Gems. Someone could have posted it on the Steam Deck subreddit, and then what happens? Like, 90,000 people... Yeah, or know, some Twitch streamers, $3? you know, were yeah. hitting it or something. Or the collector cast talks about sure, it for a minute. Effect. You know? Exactly. So number one. I would not have guessed this is the number one. It is a recent game. It is a very, very big deal. I don't think it's available on every platform. I think it's coming out on Switch once they can figure out how to make it perform well there. And it is in the world of Harry Potter. Oh, the Hogwarts game. The oh, Hogwarts okay. legacy yeah. game. I was 
quite surprised to see this at number one. But then, you know, I always have to remind myself just how many kind of hardcore Harry Potter fans there are there, whether or not. uh, But like for many millennials, that's like their cocaine or something. I mean, I. Yeah, they were at that right spot in that age when all that stuff hit where, yep. you know, and I was not in that age, so I, I don't really care yeah. at all about Harry Potter. But it's interesting because I, when I was in high school, I sorry, high school, when I was in college, I had roommates who would like go to like the midnight, you know, release for like the fifth or sixth book. Yeah. I was working in Disney at the time and I had a roommate who like and you I mean, that fifth or sixth book, it's not a small book. You read it in like a day and a half. <laughs> like you didn't do anything else. Yikes. It was like, man, you, you guys are into your thing. So um, I don't know if there's much to talk about uh, with Hogwarts. I haven't played it. Um, my kids are big Harry Potter fans. I actually mentioned, hey, do you guys want to play the, the Hogwarts Legacy game eventually? And they actually hadn't heard it or seen it because oh, okay. like no word of mouth at school. So just today I said to them, do you guys want to watch the trailer for it? And so we just didn't get around to that because we're doing other stuff. But uh, but yeah, so um, to kind of wrap this all back up, because uh, we've been uh, you know chatting for a good little while now, um, the original idea was kind of, you know, like the console influence on the PC, whether that be through, you know, PC, uh, sorry, uh, traditionally uh, console games being ported to PC the influence of the Steam Deck and the not just the form factor, uh, you know, and the portability of it, uh, but like you were talking about before with those lines between uh, platforms kind of being blurred a bit, maybe a little bit of the gatekeeperiness going away because of that, because, you know, it, it's at the end of the day, like, I don't think people care as much like oh like what are you playing it on oh you can't play it on that you got to play it on uh, this like, I, I just don't hear that conversation happening and anymore. i think the steam deck consolizes pc gaming right overall yeah even for people that aren't you know it, it's it's just just uh, or i like the term consolizes i also would i would take it a step further and it like legitimizes the consolization because it's got the valve stamp on it it's not like and it's an entry point where like me if i was interested in entering that gaming space that would be a good entry point for me because it's a fixed price i don't have to upgrade crap or whatever and i know things marked with whatever would just work and that's good enough for me so if that in, if that market interested me, that would be a good entry point, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, and it's just uh, just overall, you know, those lines being blurred. Um, the last, and that's the last thing that I had in my, you know, like post list review, because um, to me, there's there's a lot of like different, you know, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of kind of, you know, like the dude would say, uh, what have you. Um, But uh, I think my overall kind of takeaway is when I look at this list, it doesn't seem like a list of, you know, top games on the Steam Deck. It just looks like a top 100 list of games. And I think that's the point of where I think it's going is gaming is just going to be a gamer. Yep. If you're a gamer, you're a gamer. You're not here or there. You play games. You might like a certain type of games, but you are just a gamer. And I, I what I like that that does 
is it does it's not like oh you're a girl gamer you play these farmy type games you play the sims you play it doesn't matter you're a gamer you like the games you like and and that's it and that's the piece of it that i i really think is cool yeah i think you know we'll continue to have our small little segments i mean if a game requires a keyboard it's gonna stay on pc and that's where it's gonna be hit its target market nintendo games are still gonna be on nintendo products they're not coming to a pc um not not officially. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo doesn't want you to play them on a PC anyway. Yeah. Let's say that much. Yeah. But um, And that's okay, though. There can still be those yeah. things. But I think what, again, like this list teaches us is that people just want to play good games. And they want to play them wherever sure. they want to play them. Absolutely. Could not have said it better myself. So I won't even try. Uh, we'll wrap it up uh, with that. I want to thank my good buddy Chris again for taking the time, for always being accommodating of uh, my scheduling needs as I continue to increase my body weight with ink <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to go see some cool live music. And uh, we do have, uh, like I said, Bit Brigade coming up, so I'll report back on that next time. Sorry, right, I'm sure I'll need and to cash in my other... PTOs at some point here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's at some point, and then we'll uh, me and me and Kelsey will figure out and all sports all hockey episode or, or something uh, maybe we'll just talk about ozzy uh or, or jam a little bit but uh, i want to thank you again for joining us thank again thank all of our patrons um if you want to join us up uh i think i mentioned before but hit us up at patreon.com slash collector i'm on most of the social media platforms that are out there as wild bill 52 or just bill underscore mcgee uh, Chris runs uh, the Collector Cast uh, accounts, so wherever you see Collector Cast, hit him there, and we will see you at another time.